Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OK Beats Podcast, Episode 2. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week is the white Japanese dude, Ian Prichel. What's up, Ian? Yes, I'm white. That's me. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out, like, the nickname thing. I haven't, I haven't thought of one. I haven't thought of a good one. My name's too short for a nickname. It's three letters. Yeah, that's true. If I if I shorten it at all, it'd just be Ian. Or mm. Ian. Yeah. Or Ian. Ian's P.N. Yeah. Great. Ian's P.N. Occupying the third seat today, we have the dude with hair different from his head to his beard. I don't know. I need to work on these descriptions. They call me Thanks White Lightning in eighth grade. It's your boy, Alex Van Aken. Alex Van Aken joining us on the OKB's OK podcast. What's up, Alex? Hey, they actually did call me White Lightning in eighth grade. Did they really? Yeah, for real. I hated it. And then in 10th grade, it got changed to Titties McGee. So, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, Interesting that Which one did you That guy got, ended up getting shot, though. So, you know, don't bully kids in high school. Wait, shot, shot by, by you? Who? Not by me. At a pizza restaurant where my friend worked. So your friend killed him. Oh, cool. So he you hired was, your friend to kill him. Pretty much. Cool. Yeah, Murder. so don't bully he, like, kids gave or you him get shot. Pizza. He survived, which is cool. So I can hurt him more. <laughs> he survived, so I can joke about him. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I yeah, used to work at Pizza Hut. People actually. getting shot is not awesome. I mean, depends who gets shot, though. If if they make fun of you in high school, then no. But he he got shot being saying? like valiant and heroic. Oh. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Cool. Wait, wait. How so? This is a, this sounds like a story. Uh, they're at a pizza restaurant where my friend worked. I tried getting a job there. But the manager only hires women. Um, and then... <laughs> Is no, the manager a man or a woman? It's a man. Mm. His sons were the only ones. And I had inside sources. My friend who worked there, a woman, said he does not hire men. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, a chick with a crazy boyfriend showed up. And the boyfriend was like pushing around and stuff. And apparently... Pull, and the my friend... My... We were kind of friends. I was in his Call of Duty clan, uh, but he called me Titties McGee. So, um, he like stepped in, in between them. The guy pulls out a gun, shoots him in the stomach, and shoots and kills the girl. Oh wow! Outside of the pizza restaurant, what the like a mile fuck? from the house? Which and it's not. It wasn't really a bad area, but but yeah, that's it. That's the story. Whoa. OK Beast is a brand brand dedicated to games culture and looking at how games fit within our culture. The OKB's OK podcast is a gaming-centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. If you like that, uh, and if you apparently like people getting shot, you can subscribe to us um, on your podcast service of choice. Um, that is iTunes. That is uh, Google Play. Uh, that is, if you want to just listen to us on the website, you can do that too. Uh, so subscribe to us. Visit visit at or sorry, visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter. You know, I used to actually work um, at Pizza Hut, and I was a delivery driver, but I never got shot. Surprisingly, never got shot or attacked or robbed. My, oh. colleagues, my colleagues couldn't say the same, though. Yeah. I'm happy you didn't get shot. So, same I mean, here. I'm like... The guy got like a lot I, of gift baskets. I also have never been shot. In terms of like black people getting shot, I'm doing quite well. Uh, so what have you guys been playing, watching, um, or just doing this week? How's your guys' week been? It's been good. So, let me just get this rant out of the way. Similar rant I had on Pixels Radio this week, but I just need to say it to as many people as possible. Freaking Gilmore Girls is coming back, 
and it's coming back on my birthday. I'm sorry. That is amazing. Oh. Wait, so like, you like Gilmore Girls? Yes, like, Lorelai is, like, my spirit animal. Like, they eat Pop-Tarts all the time. They drink coffee like crazy. It's just a show about antics and romance, and I am so happy it's coming back. Thinking about maybe doing a limited-run podcast about Gilmore Girls when it comes out. I don't know. And then, awesome. also, for those <laughs> Bachelorette fans out there, can we just all come together and say, JoJo made a terrible mistake this week, freaking, last week, freaking sent home Luke. Kept Robbie. Then next episode sends home Chase. Like, I mean, Chase wasn't going anywhere, let's be honest. But he's like, I'm, he's my Colorado boy. He's, he lives like 50 minutes from me. She sends him home. Now there's Robbie and Jordan. Both very shifty dudes, in my opinion. But America wanted Luke. He was our th- he was our heartthrob. He was our, he was just amazing. Texas boy. She sent him home crying. Crushed him. But yeah, that, that's what I've been doing this week. You ha- you have way too much of a beard <laughs> to be talking about Gilmore Girls and Bachelorette. That's what Brandon said to me on our podcast. Really? Yeah. He's but, right. Well, okay. He's right. Uh, Anybody out there want to do a podcast? I have no Gilmore strong Girls opinions about now. that show. At it's Van Aken on Twitter. Man, dude, that actually sounds. That actually sounds. I might. I might listen to that podcast, even though I don't like Gilmore Girls or, or yeah. watch it or anything. I'm Just the simple about it. like tenacity. Yeah, I'd watch it. Um, well, have you been playing anything? Oh uh, yeah, are we talking about that? Um, I've been, yeah, I've been playing Hyper Light Drifter. Disclaimer: I got a code. Um, and are you allowed I, to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh sweet, talk about it because I want to know. I really, really enjoy the game. Um, so essentially, it's kind of like just like, like on top, it just kind of like a Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past meets like. Some people would maybe disagree, but I think it's like uh, Dark Souls. Because it's very, very difficult and grueling. And it's one of those games where um, you have to actually be skilled at the game in order to progress. Um, but essentially the game's narrative, you're like this guy. You are the hyperlight drifter. You have like this technology on you. And you can like beam around, fast travel through like light. And you can like dash through light. It's kind of, it's pretty cool. Um, and so like the main, the dash mechanic is like one of the main things in the game. You use it in combat and you use it to get around. Um, that's kind of where he gets his name from. And then uh, the beginning of the game, it's kind of like, I think it's like Princess Mononoke in a way. You're playing this protagonist. And he's kind of like, in my mind, people might disagree, but he's kind of like Ashitaka from Princess Mononoke where at the beginning of the game, he like helps defeat this thing and then he gets cursed by it. That's my interpretation of what's going on in this game. He has like a, some sort of sickness. He like hmm. coughs up blood all the time. Um, and actually that they kind of went with that decision because... Uh, one of the like the creative director on the game, Alex Preston, he was born with like heart disease with a heart disease, and so that was kind of like his way to speak in speak some like pers like more personal stuff into his art. So the main character is kind of like similar to the creator in that way. They both have these diseases, and so you're walking around, uh, and you're the the premise of the story is essentially there's these big like titans, like think Attack on Titan, these big creatures. And somehow they dissolve right right when they come up. So there's like some maybe time travel stuff going on. But essentially you start the game off and you kind of pass out. And then you are rescued and then the game starts. And you're going north, east, south, and west. And fighting, kind of like Zelda, fighting a boss in each of these like temple areas. And just hmm. like Zelda, each temple, there's like a water temple, there's a snow temple. 
there's like a forest temple, etc. Um, Blood temple. temple. I, I haven't been to the last temple yet. Um, but so far, there's been water, which is my first one. Then I did snow, which was incredibly hard. Then I did forest, which I, I, I'm like almost done with. Um, then I'll have one more, which I've heard the last one is a little easy if you go south last. But um, so essentially, you're, you're, you're going around. You're, go, you're, you're picking an area from the start. There are no directions whatsoever. So you, you, you wake up, and it's like, okay, here are your controls. This is how you slash. This is how you dash, etc. cetera. Uh, and then you literally pick whatever direction you want to go. There's like a central hub town that's kind of like destroyed. And it's just like you can go there and upgrade stuff after you find currency through the world. Um, and exploration is pretty big in this game. Lots of like secret entrances. If you like walk along a wall, you'll eventually like maybe find a closet that has like extra currency in it or, or a health pack. But uh, essentially you're going to these areas. You're finding keys within the areas to unlock the final boss. Um, and the game combat wise, it's kind of like a 2d action slasher meets dark souls. Very grueling. You have to be very tactical in your movement, lots of dying. Um, and sometimes the, sometimes the checkpoint is like right where you left off. And sometimes you have to like backtrack quite a bit. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the game. And you're essentially hacking, slashing, deflecting, um, and like, like you have very limited health packs. You have up to three. Um, and so you're kind of saving your health pack to the last minute to get the most out of it. Uh, it's a very fun game. It's, you know, have you guys seen what it looks like? Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've barely seen any of it. I've seen like, kind of like maybe like one screenshot. Okay. It looks colorful. I think, right? Yeah. It's like a colorful pixelated kind of calls back to like eight bit and 16 bit games, but Man, it is so gorgeous. Um, and then it's got like this killer like synth track throughout the whole thing. Like uh, they've got like a original soundtrack you can download if you really like it. But hmm. so that game's grueling. I, I played the, so I had a friend over the other night and we played the whole game as drop in, drop out co op. Um, and hmm. I had gotten up to the second boss, the north boss. He's like this bird mage kind of guy. Uh, he like summons minions and stuff, but just incredibly difficult. It probably took me 45 minutes to beat him. And it was literally like back to back fights. The spawn point is right when, where the battle starts. So 45 minutes of just straight fighting. Um, and it's been a while since I've like felt like I was going to throw my controller against the wall. Um, and this was <laughs> two people like, hmm. yeah, but we finished him after like 30 or 40 attempts. Um, Wait, so the game has the game has co-op. Yeah. Drop in, drop how many, out. Up, up to how many people? Two. So the okay. way it works is you can be doing your whole thing, and then if you want, uh, player two presses start, and it takes off. So each your character has five bubbles of health. Um, and anytime you have to like, if you want to spawn a co-op partner, it takes away one sliver of your health out of the five. And so if they're dying a bunch, you're constantly losing health. Um, if they want to respawn, um, and like, if you get down to one health and they die, then you're on your own until you can get more health. Cause they can't, you can't kill yourself to spawn them. Mm. Um, which is kind of cool. Like it, it's, it makes it, I didn't realize that at first. Um, and so it kind of makes it a little more fair. Um, and then, excuse me. Uh, you can like, there's, there's like a, there's some issues with co-op, honestly, like, 
I had some technical difficulties. Like uh, the, the PS4 was chugging, lots of frame rate drops on like the big boss when there was two of us. Um, and then there was like a weird bug where I would die. And, and when you die, when player one dies, it, a, a fail state occurs. So even if they're alive, if you die, it's kind of like you have to keep yourself alive. Otherwise you both fail um, in co-op mode. And, and when I would respawn and he hadn't died, a weird glitch would come where I would now, I would then be controlling both characters and he wouldn't have any control over his character. So then he would have to respawn, take more health off of me. Uh, it, it was just kind of annoying, but I'm having a blast with the game. Um, those are really my only mm-hmm. issues with it. I is there definitely, a, is the, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just say, I'd definitely recommend it if you're in for a challenge or want to see like is a there, pretty world. Is there sort of like an exploration aspect to it or is it mostly like combat, um, in like fighting bosses? Um, there is a good bit, like, um, there's a good bit of exploration. You're looking for like, there's like these runes that you can find for, and I don't really know what service they or what purpose they serve besides just giving you a trophy, but you can hunt down these relics. You can hunt down um, these like gold pieces of gold. And if you get four, it creates like one gold nugget. And then with three gold nuggets, you can go back to town and equip upgrades. So if you want to upgrade your character, so you have like your base, you have a gun, you have your sword and you have your dash. Um, and you should probably upgrade them if you're going to play it smart. So you're encouraged to explore to find those like pieces of gold so you can go back and and typically you want to buy an upgrade before every boss that's what i've been doing um so by the time i get to a boss i've typically collected you know 12 to 16 pieces of these little nuggets that i found by exploring the world um and then like i said health packs are very hard to come by and sometimes you're rewarded with one of those for your exploration Hmm. so it's kind of to progress it's kind of necessary to explore in my opinion um yeah sweet uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, so yesterday evening, uh, I downloaded the Lawbreakers Alpha, which is uh, Cliff Blazinski's next game. Is his studio Boss Key started up? He started up probably a year and a half ago, um, and it's a it's an arena shooter. Um, is that new sim- Overwatch? Similar in ways to Overwatch. <laughs> um, it's class based. Each class has like a ultimate ability, although I not as big of a deal in my opinion as Overwatch. Um, but again, I've only played probably five to six matches, so I don't know all of the ins and outs yet, but essentially, um, there's like an assassin, there's a rocket person, there's a machine gun person, and then like a default kind of like your typical call of duty soldier, like a soldier 76. Um, and I played a lot as the assassin. So you have your main weapons are two blades. You're going around slashing people. Um, but then you can like, you can like, so the game is based in like low gravity. You're in regular gravity, but then you go to like kind of like domination of call of duty there's like point a point b point c um and like point b is always low gravity typically uh so you go in and then suddenly the game kind of changes because of the low gravity um and so the the assassin their alt fire each person has an alt fire their alt fire is like this slingshot that like propels them into the air so it's just like a way to get around the map so you could like go on the edge of the map jump off slingshot onto the edge of the map and fling around to the enemy side um it's pretty fun and the movement feels really great um combat is fun i suck it's a pc game right now and only pc game right now um i'm sure console will eventually come but they have not announced anything as far as that goes uh not even like faint promises of it but 
I'm pretty confident it will come. Um, but I have issues with like mouse and keyboard typically. Like I, I'm just not as good as I am on a gamepad. Um, and so I've been getting acclimated to that, but the game is a lot of fun. Um, it's just an arena shooter with like a little bit of flair. I don't know. Could you tell that it's not made by like a huge developer? Because like, it, like of course it's it's Cliff Blazinski. Yeah, Blazinski. I can't really say his name. Who like made like Unreal Tournament, um, Gears yeah. of War, like these huge games. But like, his, it's not necessarily like this game is not necessarily like being made by like an activist or anything. It's being made by his like his studio. Does this does? Can you like kind of kind of tell that? Like, no, it feels like a triple A game to me. Hmm. Feels like a triple A game in alpha. You know, it's not polished completely because it's so early on um but i mean he's got like i feel like he's got a pretty big their studio is like pretty big now um mm-hmm. and they've got like i think nexon is publishing them so oh, which wow. are like just as big as like activision mostly oh, in like dang, the eastern so. countries i believe but uh they do have a publisher now um and i think it feel it feels really good it's, to- it's totally different from like what activision would do as far as like a development process it's very open like every weekend we can get in and play it uh, if you have a code or, or most weekends, I should say. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I wish I could play with a gamepad because I feel like I would be able to dominate. <laughs> but I feel handicapped with the mouse and keyboard as it Ooh. is now. Um, that's just me though. Um, and even even with that like ha- like personal handicap, I still have a lot of fun with the movement and moving around the world. You know, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh. Talk to us a little bit about Uncharted 4. I'll be very brief on Uncharted 4. Um, Uncharted 1 through 3 progressed. First one was very mediocre, in my opinion. Second one was better. Third one was pretty good. Uh, jumping from, excuse me, jumping from PS3 to PS4 uh, is kind of insane. Like, Uncharted 4 feels so good. It feels so smooth. Um, I feel like they've, like, really just, like, taken the whole kind of like a movie presentation to like a whole nother level um I'm, I'm having a blast with it i feel really invested with the story now that i've beaten the first three games finally um i'm loving it man i think you should play it i know you're not so hot on it on the first mm-hmm. three and i was even gonna say to... like how, how do you feel about the first three games since we last talked because i think when we last talked i don't know if you'd play play three yet i hadn't um... played three but i feel like I do share, from what I remember, a lot of the same sentiments as you. Like, and three, even three, when it was much more polished than one, it was like, okay, I'm jumping. Why am I not grabbing the ledge? Where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to jump? This doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. The the shooting feels. Oh, okay. I know the shooting was like a big thing for you and me. How it just feels kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Uncharted Four shooting feels amazing. A lot better. Like it's. I think it's better than. I think it's better than Quantum Break which I thought had really good shooting in it. Um, it feels, it's like a totally different game in my opinion. Okay. So much better. I think, you, yeah, I think you should check it out. I think it might change your mind. Cause I was kind of with you um, on Uncharted one through three. I was essentially just going there to get the story. So I could play four, you know, that was the goal all along. Um, and mm-hmm. then four is leaps and bounds better. Okay. I, I trust that. Like I, and four is the one that's like had me interested also because I've seen mm-hmm. trailers and I've seen gameplay and it does and look I, a lot more polished. And I feel like the locations are, I feel like Uncharted one through three, the locations are all very samey. Okay, we're in the jungle now. We're gonna be in this ruined temple for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna be in the snow for three or four hours. This one, like, I'm probably three four hours in, and I think the way the story is told, 
I'm never getting bored of where I'm at or what I'm doing. And I'm constantly like, whereas with the, sometimes in the first three is like a chore to get through it. Cause I wanted to get to uncharted four, uh, because I heard such great things and this, like I'm savoring every moment of it. it. It really is so much better than the first three. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll, I'll go next on uh, what I've been playing, doing, watching. Uh, I finished Stranger Things. Uh, Ian, I know you finished it. Alex, have you watched Stranger Things? All right. I am on episode two. I am after this podcast tonight. I told Kayla, I just want to chill out and watch Stranger Things. She's like, cool. Um, okay. But do you want to talk spoilers? Because I need I needed a glass of water. You don't want me to step away and you and Ian can get are you trying to spoil anything uh, no, no we're, i mean we're not gonna spoil anything but you can get a glass of water while we talk about okay. it if you want to hear right anything back. about it cool yeah i don't uh, want to hear anything really okay but yeah, if i works. come back and you're still talking about it oh well cool sounds good uh ian how do you feel about about stranger things without without spoilers uh i love it yeah why do you love it that's it like yeah I don't know. i'm trying to be more concise with my opinions and i feel like it's just really mm-hmm. good I like it also. Like I, I, I really, I really like it. Um, there's, there's a couple of parts of it that I feel like I kind of like, eh, like, but like nothing major. Like overall, the sh- like the show is amazing. Um, it does the '80s thing really good, and there's something about watching the show. Um, it's kind of nostalgic for me in a way, and I don't know why. Cause like I'm, I was born in '94, uh, and so like most of the things that make me nostalgic are things that are like in like the early 2000s late 90s mid 2000s whatever that kind of stuff makes me nostalgic but there's something about watching stranger things that has me like i don't know and kind of kind of nostalgic and um i mean i was joking with you with you and alex about this earlier about like um you were saying how like a couple of the characters in stranger things reminded uh, you of us and then alex like sent sent a picture of like the black kid um and like one of the one of the other kids and I thought it was hilarious because I because I was like, huh, I wonder which one that um that I'm like. But I actually wa- after watching the show, I was like, yo, I'm actually like when I was a kid, I was I was a lot like that black kid in Stranger Things, um, which I just thought was, was hilarious. But like, I think that's part of what makes watching that show kind of nostalgic for me is like the kids alone, like they very much rem- remind me of what it was like to be a kid, and I think like. Like, of course, like, since it's a TV show or whatever, like, the kids, like, the acting is, is hammed up from, like, what people act in real life. But, like, the kids, I feel like we're still pretty accurate in terms of, like, how kids act, especially kids that age act. Um, and even at that time. So I thought that was cool. And also, like, them being nerds is really cool. And, um, yeah, like, the characters are awesome. Yeah, the D&D. Um, yeah, like, I mean, overall, the show is, like, very, very well done, especially if you like 80s sci-fi horror. Um, and even if hmm. you don't, I think you should still give it a chance. If you like 80s in general, I think you, this is definitely, like, for you. Um, like the, I just thought you would like that character because he's hyper-aware of everything that's going on. Like, I feel like those two kids to the left and right of him were, like, Alex and I, and then you were mm-hmm. in the middle. And, like, the two other kids were like, yeah, let's do this adventure. And then the kid in the middle, they're, like, they're all, like, 10 years old. But he was like, guys, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, this is bad. Yeah. And then at the two, I think one kid is supposed to be Hispanic, I think, or per, to be portrayed as Hispanic. And then the other one is white. And the white kids are like, come on, come on. And then literally there's a moment where he's like, no, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're going back to normal. Mm-hmm. That's it. And when he said that, I was like, all right, that kid... <laughs> 
that kid is going to connect with bless like and it's kind of similar to this podcast where like i'll be singing stupid songs and then alex will bring up stories about people getting shot in a burger place and then you'll be like guys can we just get back to yeah. the normal to the normalcy please <laughs> yeah and i i like i i, I kind of thought that was, that was funny i mean yeah like that um the idea of, of that kid like being the one who's like got you guys are idiots and like and i like i mean i'm 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 an idiot a lot of time but also i like telling people that that they're idiots um at the same time so wait yeah, so just I, to I, clarify which one was i am i the two i'm pretty sure you, i'm pretty sure you're the one without the teeth yes that's who i wanted to be i'm the two no i'm the oh, toothless no, one the no one. oh, oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Ian's the, the toothless, toothless one. kid you're is the, the best you're the main character no. he's a sissy i'm the i'm the um the okay actually i'm not gonna say it because i don't want to spoil anything um but I. No, you're the, you're just the hyper aware black <laughs> child. That is, that There's is nothing your... more accurate on this planet. Dude, there's a there's a point where like he. No I'm not okay. spoiling anything, but like there's a point where like he says something that makes me think that his character like breaks the fourth wall. Like it's so mm. weird. Like he'll say something and then he'll like look near the camera and I'm like, wait a minute, did they just create like a like a new trope in media? <laughs> The almost fully. like the hyper aware black person, like a black person, like in media that like is so aware of their current situation, they also know that they're an actor <laughs> in a TV show, and all the white people are playing. That'd along. be actually really hilarious. I would actually watch the heck out of a show that did that. Um, if there, if the the black like if there was just like one token black person, but that black person was like just the the one who knew everything that was going on, kind of like. And he just like looks at the camera and he's like, "Oh, so when, come when on, Ian said again. that, I was like, okay, is is Ian being a little racist right now?'" And then I watched the show, I was like, "Nope." That's like it's perfectly accurate. It is blessing. One hundred percent. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't even the fact like his race oh, had know, nothing to do with it. It's literally a moment. Uh, it was a moment where at the beginning of the show, like something happens, like the the impetus of the show happens, and then like the kid looks at the other two, like white and Hispanic child, and then he just goes, come on. <laughs> like he just like sighs and he just like yeah. gives up, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's yeah. blessed, right? No, there. I do think it's like because the reason why I was like, oh, he's just comparing me to him because he's black is because like you, you like. You compared me recently to like Luke Cage or something, um, or like <laughs> no, I was I compared our duo to Luke Cage and Danny Rand because Luke Cage is awesome. Yeah, but I'm nothing like Luke Cage. Luke Cage is like a bald, like buff black dude, and I'm just like I'm, the opposite. I have hair, and I'm and I'm I'm skinny. I'm, I have almost no muscle. In fact, if you saw me on the and street, then my and moment. then my response to that text message, my response to that text message was fine. I'll be Luke Cage. <laughs> I just like that combo, and it was a part of the conversation. I was like, well, because. Danny Rand is like a is like a northeasterner who goes to Asia, and then comes back with ma- mystical mm-hmm. powers. And I was like, that's obviously me. And the Luke Cage and Luke Cage and Danny Rand combo or an Iron Fist combo. I don't know. I'm I'm way it's more like Jessica Jones than Luke Cage. I think Alex is Luke Cage. All right, I'm fine. Jones. Alex is Luke Cage. Fine. There's like a pack of wild good. dogs outside my window right now. I mean, I can't. And I'm like, what I mean, the? I'm wild no, dogs. They're not Where the wild. hell do I live you live in Colorado? We have like coyotes. Yeah, that sounds about right, actually. Yo, get the coyote on the I'm just making sure my cat is inside and she didn't somehow get out. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I, I mean, that would good. be hilarious, but that'd be like... No, I would be, be, I would be like gold. sobbing. <laughs> You'd hear like shrieks and panic. Oh my gosh, that'd be terrible. You just hear me out uh, coming out your window. Yeah. So let's stop calling Ethan a racist. What are we, what are we talking about next? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was that time that Ian was like, man, Lu- Lucio should have a static shock skin. Then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is that, Ian? Then Ian's like, "Oh yeah, the dreads," and I was like, "Because he because he has dreadlocks." Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying I was racist or anything, but I was like, 
man, these these how is that racist? Black characters, do you, do you we're think it's more appropriate? <laughs> do you think it's do you think do you think that it's more appropriate than the goddamn hockey skin? He's not even black. The, Lucio isn't even black. He's Brazilian. Yeah, but he's like he's like you think he's black. <laughs> I don't know. He looks black. He's he, I he's guess, like the still a token black. I'm, I'm I'm just best with you, Ian. Is that a new joke um, of this podcast calling Ethan Ian a racist? <laughs> no, let's not make that the joke because people will start. That's to please it not. I'm sorry, Ian. Woo. Pe- racist. People will write in and be like, why do you why do you keep calling that Ian Ian dude racist? No, because uh, he is. Next question. <laughs> Ian is a very pleasant individual and he treats everybody how he should. Oh yeah. No, I am racist. I just am only racist towards white people. <laughs> I feel you. White people For the record, suck. Ian's Ian's white. If you're listening to the podcast and you think he's Japanese, I am white. I'm half Russian and half whatever my mom is. I think she's Irish and Polish. Ian. We're just white. I'm, I could say I'm, I'm, I'm half white. Dutch and half Scottish and like a quarter Irish. But at the end well, of the no, day, my I'm mom just pale. my mom speaks Polish and my dad speaks Russian. Like they're oh, like really? from the mainland. People might not yeah. know this if they're only listening to the podcast. But also, I am black. Um, which is something. Whoa! Wait, yeah, what? Exactly. Like Ian can't. Ian doesn't know either because like we he he doesn't have his video turned on in the podcast and so like. But, no um, way. Yeah, like I'm to- I'm totally black. And people, I I get this all the time that I sound white. Um, I'm totally black. Totally black. Uh, and I am a East Asian woman. I am the descendant of Boo from Super Mario. I have <laughs> also been playing Overwatch. Um, and that, yeah. that is the, another game I've been playing and, uh, I, I've been playing, I've actually stopped playing, um, the last few days and I think I'm going to be done playing Overwatch for a while. Um, uh-huh. and I mean, I might go back to like quick play every now and then, but like competitive specifically I'm done, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because like, it's kind of, I kind of gotten to the point in competitive where it's become Call of Duty-ish for me and it's become like, it's become too competitive for me where I like... I don't know. I just had like some bad experiences playing with certain people online of like people kind of like being kind of kind of too much. I don't know. I don't know how, how to uh, how to describe it, but like um, too serious. Too serious. Yeah. Like I had one dude right. Like I choose. I I I was on um uh crap. What Hollywood on defense, and it was the mm-hmm. first point. And so I choose Torbjorn. And yeah, that's a good choice. Had, yeah, and I had a dude like Hayden Hayden on that. Um, and this isn't like this isn't a random person. This is like somebody I I, um, I know who I'm playing with, and they're like, "You're using Torbjorn," and I'm like, "Yeah, I like I like using Torbjorn," and they're like, "And it's good on that map." Like, yeah, and it's on it's on that that that's a good map to use Torbjorn on, and he's like just straight up just just like tearing me apart the whole time, and so like I'm like, okay, fine. I switched to to Hanzo, which is another character I enjoy I enjoy playing. Then he like gets even worse about it, and like gets even more kind of jerkish about it so i'm like okay yeah. whatever and it, it, it yeah. just became a thing throughout the whole match of like um just like this like passive aggressive kind of thing uh but then like later on in the next match he chooses anna and now then i'm like okay i'm done <laughs> i'm just done like you're gonna choose anna the character that just came out last week on competitive who's like also a sniper okay yeah. i'm done and so like in and a less effective even, little isn't that good i don't think oh yeah yeah Depending and so like i'm just yeah. like Okay, whatever. But um, also like I I feel like I haven't been having as much fun in Overwatch lately, and so because you haven't been playing with me. That's true. That is true. What you you're not on that often. Yeah, I've been kind of busy. I've had like friends in town, and I'm kind of getting back into my usual groove though. Hmm. I feel you. 
And so I've been playing, um, or I've, I've kind of been done playing um, a lot of that. I've been playing a lot of Saints Row 4 for some reason. I won't go into that because that's an old game. But um, yeah, that game is addicting. I didn't realize how addicting Saints Row 4 is, especially because I beat Saints Row 3. And Volition is actually one of my favorite de- developers, but they're they're my favorite developers because of Red Faction, not because of Saints Row specifically, even though I like yeah. Saints Row. Uh, but Saints Row 4, a uh, really fun game if you like, if if you're not like a Saints Row purist and you want every game to be Saints Row 2. Uh, I've also been playing Tales from the Borderlands, um, mm-hmm. and I am like halfway through the last episode, which I'm going to finish today. That's a really good game. I'm also not going to go too much into it since that's an older game, but mm-hmm. uh, tell, it's my so far my favorite tell, Telltale game, um, and I've only played two of them, and so I'm not really a good judge of what's a what's an amazing Telltale game, but um, I, it's, I like it better than the two Walking Dead games, and so there's that. Are you, are you excited for Batman at all? comes out uh, this Tuesday. Um, after playing, oh, yeah, after that playing does Tales from the Borderlands, I'm a little excited, uh, but I'm, I'm not too excited. I don't really, are you a Batman like, fan at all? I, I like things about Batman. I like Batman's villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the whole like concept around Batman, but like yeah. Batman itself, like in, in action, uh, I don't know. There's something about it that kind of bores me a little bit. I like the I love mm-hmm. the Dark Knight movies. But yeah. in terms of like the comic story and in terms of like the cartoon story and in terms of like what's going on in Arkham Knight and all this stuff, it's kind of it, it bores me a little, a, a little, just a little bit. And I'm just in. Yeah, it doesn't do it to do it for me like yeah. Spider-Man does. That's cool. The greatest superhero. Um, but yeah, I'll probably play Batman when it's all out. I probably won't play it episode by episode. Um, Ian, have you messed with the Telltale games? I have actually. I played <clears throat> I played Walking Dead. Uh, I think season one, whatever you call yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then I played Tales from the Borderlands. And I love Tales from the Borderlands. I played all those that game's all the way amazing, through. Isn't it? Uh, very enjoyable experience. Yeah. Uh, like the story's awesome. But I don't think I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm not a massive uh, Batman fan. Okay. And yeah. if they do one about the Flash or about the Justice League, hell yeah. But but if it's just Batman, I'm not. I'll, I'll like watch a stream of it or something, but um, it doesn't really seem to be up my yeah. alley. Yeah, and actually, like now that you say that, like that's actually something that I was thinking about while playing Borderlands, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, is that like I could have watched this, um, on YouTube, and like it was, I, I was, I was thinking that in the earlier episodes. Now in the later episodes, I'm like really glad I actually played it, played it because there are certain decisions where I'm like, oh man, I, I had to make this, or and also I realized that the game has a really easy platinum. A platinum so easy that you get it right after beating the game, and so I didn't. Really? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, like it, it's like it's like a free platinum, and so yeah, there's that. Um, and so that's exciting. But yeah, like Batman, it could be a thing of oh, I'm just gonna watch that on YouTube because when it comes down to it, like the whole game is like pretty much just like a story, uh, and it's like it's TV episodes, and so, mm-hmm. uh. And also, I don't really enjoy the gameplay aspect of the games. Um, I enjoy, like, the choosing dialogue options. Uh, but as far as, like, I mean, I can really, I can do away with the quick time options. And also, when it comes to walking around places and figuring out, like, what's, what you're supposed to do next, I don't really enjoy that. And that's one thing I don't like about adventure games in general. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's just part of the adventure games that, that it's just part of the, the genre. And so you kind of... I deal with it. I'm sure other people like it, but personally, I kind of it's just something I deal with. And so, if yeah. I could like skip all that and just like just get the story, I'm golden. And so, Batman, I might actually end up just watching on YouTube because 
I realize Telltale does do great stories, even if I don't enjoy the walking around, looking at everything, talking to everybody. Oh, one more thing. Actually, I won't say it because it's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, that's that's basically my feelings on Tales from the Borderlands. Um, I've also played. Um, actually, I barely played Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but that came out this week. Um, and I started yeah. to play it, but then I realized I don't want to play that game alone because I I think that game is <laughs> at least the first one is so far been a little bit boring for me alone. Like I played like the first like thirty minutes and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Um, but I can see myself enjoying that game with other people since it's like a four player kind of thing of like you're switching around characters. Um, unless you have four people, then you, you each take control of a character, but it's a top down yeah. sort of thing. If you haven't checked out Marvel Ultimate Alliance, um, maybe watch a YouTube Let's Play of it. I don't know if I recommend you go out and buy it because it's $60 for the bundle, $40 for the individual games. And these are old PS3 games. And so I don't know if that's worth the price. I, I bought it cause I know I'm going to have people to play it with, but if you don't, then I don't know. Uh, I've also played more Persona 4, and that game's still amazing. That's all I really have to say for it, say about it. Um, Ian, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, so anyone who's seen me on other podcasts or even on this podcast knows that I've been playing a lot of Persona 4, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing lots of Monster Hunter, and I've been doing art stuff. So... Uh, on the subject of Monster Hunter, last week or two weeks ago, when I first got it, I was really, really excited about it, and I was very pumped up about it. Uh, and same thing for Persona. I'm very excited about it usually when I talk, but recently, like as I've been playing these games more, I'm like starting to have more gripes with them. And uh, I'll just break it down really quickly. Monster Hunter, my biggest gripe is that they don't tell you certain things about the game, and it's kind of like that same Dark Soulsian appeal where you like oh like you need to discover things and there's an online community but that really makes me angry because it makes some parts of the game uh, obtrusive hmm. yeah where the last game monster hunter 4 ultimate was not as obtrusive okay so yeah like imagine you have a band and you take every song like over 10 albums you put every song that you like onto one mm-hmm. cd of yeah. them you're like wow these cds are gr- this song is great but you don't get a you don't get like a cohesive mm-hmm. like album. Like you have these really, really great songs that you love, but it's not as cohesive and doesn't flow as well. That's kind of how I feel this most recent Monster Hunter game. And that was is. generations, right? Yeah. I still think it gameplay wise, it's an amazing game. If you have someone that you know that plays the game, or if you just want to contact me, yeah. then hit me up and we can play together and I can teach you the small things that are a little bit annoying. But as someone who knows that this game is hard to get into, mm-hmm. that is really frustrating. And then Persona, I have a gripe with that because the like as I'm playing the game more and more, like the RPG system, and I guess this might be just the fact that I'm like getting towards the end of the game, is that the seams are starting to show. Like the battles are becoming a little bit more repetitive and I'm like kind of just going through the dungeon, getting the money, and then I'm like going straight to the part where I interact with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of part of it. Like Persona 4 isn't amazing because of its gameplay necessarily. It's amazing because of like the story it's able to tell while also being a game. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I've I've actually found myself And I'm so used to yeah, I'm so used to more gameplay centric RPGs. Like even Pokemon is considered a gameplay centric RPG. And it's a lot faster. Persona seems to be a little bit slower 
um, and more deliberate than other RPGs. And that's my main gripe with it. I love the characters. I love the designs of everything. Just a little yeah, bit slow. I found myself experiencing the same thing. Uh, like I'm currently in like the fourth dungeon, I want to say, uh, either the fourth or fifth, fifth dungeon. Uh, and I'm just like, I, I, I've kind of had enough of it where I'm like, I just want to get back in, into the world and just like experience the characters again, because it's, it's, it's a grind. And that's kind of one of my least favorite things to do in RPGs. But for some people, people, I mean, I, I think actually for a lot of people, actually, that's like something they love about RPGs is, is the grinding aspect of it. But I've just been stuck on like the the eighth floor of a dungeon and just like going in circles, fighting the same enemies over and over again. Yeah, but that's your fault for not understanding a main mechanic in well, the no, game. That's, I mean, not necessarily. I think. Well, I mean, okay. Well, I know. Well, actually, I I, I mean, I messaged you earlier about like the mechanic that I kind of just discovered, which was like you can you you can use a, your character skill outside outside of battle. But even with that, without. So you can heal yeah, outside of battle. You can use the character's heal outside of battle. But I mean, with even with that though, like I had, I had items. I had like I always healed at the beginning of, of battles, and I was, and that I don't feel like that was something that was sort of keeping me keeping me be back um, that much at least. Uh, but I, I mean, I still feel like I don't know the um, the grinding grinding aspect of it still kind of sucks a little bit, and that's specifically because of the SP. And I feel I, my character runs out of SP like kind of quickly. And there's not you don't yeah. get enough of those items to regenerate that, and that's like my that's like literally like my one gripe about um the dungeon crawling. Like if if it was easier to get SP, um or if they like dished out more items that that regenerated SP, or if there was like an ability or something, maybe 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 they couldn't do an ability. But well, do you did did you open the garden yet or no? The guard like outside your house. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can farm things that give you SP. Yeah, but it's still like not enough. Like they like this the things I have. It's like twenty. It's twenty. Yeah, per but thing. twenty is twenty is not a lot though. Like I farm, like I farm as much as I can. Uh, in like twenty SP, that's like an attack and a half. That's like two like two thunder thunder attacks. And like hmm. I need kind of I need kind of way more than that because like what's the max like three hundred or something that you can get like I don't know it's. It, I I just found myself like kind of stuck in the grinding process of it because like I have two days left to finish this dungeon, um, and if you don't play Persona, basically like two days is like actually that's kind of too it's too much to describe right now, but it's not it's not that much time, and for me to to get back all my SP, I kind of had to like just spend a day, um, and I don't know I kind of feel stuck in that in that aspect, so I'm kind of like the grinding the grinding portion of it is kind of getting a little bit too grindy and getting a little bit too annoying a little bit but that's it's a small gripe though because i still somewhat enjoy it um and so i mean it's that's kind of that for me yeah that's pretty much just my biggest Mm -hmm. issue is that the grind again i'm playing this game on my commute and i'm trying to keep this brief but it, it can be frustrating a little bit where you start to when you play a game enough you can kind of start to see the seams of it and i'm starting to kind of see the seams of it and i mean it it's not a fault of the game per se. It's the fault of the way I'm playing it, I guess. Cause I like, I, I'm like those people that you mentioned. I like grinding and I like that sort of stuff, but it's just a little bit mm-hmm. frustrating. That's I it. feel you. I feel you. Um, Are you guys still going to like keep then, chugging along? Oh yeah. Oh, of oh, course. Yeah. I'm like the story is too, I'm too wrapped up in the story not to stop playing. Uh, and again, the gameplay is not bad. It just is frustrating sometimes. Same thing with monster hunter. I love the gameplay. So I'm going to continue to play. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, I, I've been doing some art stuff recently. I started using my art tablet again. I posted some of those things on Twitter, uh, like Pokemon stuff and, and Persona fan art stuff. And now I'm doing a Street Fighter art piece. Uh, so yeah, Sweet. just keep keep on the lookout Dude, for that sort want... of stuff. Oh, and Stranger Things, oh, yeah. obviously. I've watched that as well. Dude, if you want to, you can even post some stuff on the website. If I mean, if you have a like a way to post it on the website that you want to. But like if uh, if you feel like it, it's there you go. There's an outlet. It could be like an interesting piece. I'm, I might start. I might start just asking people what they want because I, I I feel more motivated. This I mean, artists, people who listen to this, let me know, and maybe you guys can tell me too. Is that when you when you're doing like any form of art for yourself, you become less motivated because you're only doing it for you. But when you do something for someone else, it becomes so much more mo- like I become so much more motivated. Mm-hmm. If you draw me like, as tracer, like when I'll I was doing the piece so for you, eternally grateful. What? If you draw me as Tracer, I'll be so grateful. Oh, hell yeah, so, dude. I can do that, no problem. You, actually. Like, this should be something that's been done already. Alex is Tracer. Well, I'm starting to just now get used to, like, using my tablet again. I've always again. wanted Tracer to have, like, a red uh, beard. And I'm in the middle of a piece right now. What I've say? always wanted Tracer to have a red beard. Oh, God. Yeah. Give like, me, like, a little me. mustache, because I feel self-conscious when it just looks like I don't have anything up there. I don't know why. Because I do have stuff up there. All right, deal. Mm-hmm, it's sure. just invisible compared good, to the red. Good to know. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, let's move on to and let's and move on it. to news. <clears throat> uh, I'll start off uh, with our first piece of news, which is Sonic. Uh, and so last week was Comic Con. Um, as of the time people are hearing this, two weeks ago was Comic Con, and at Comic Con or during Comic Con, actually, was it a Comic Con thing? Now that I think about it, Sonic's twenty fifth anniversary happened. Yeah, it was. It was, was Comic Con. Okay, I didn't know if it was like a separate thing. Uh, but yeah, during Comic-Con, uh, Sonic had a 25th anniversary, kind of a weird stream. There was a lot of pizza rolls, uh, but during the stream, <laughs> they announced, Sega announced, uh, two new Sonic games, one of which is like, uh, it's called Sonic Mania, if I'm correct. Am I correct in that, guys? Yes. I think so, yeah. Sonic Mania, which essentially is like Sonic yeah, Generations the 2, one, yeah, Sonic... but apparently takes place after Knuckles Chaotix. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, they also announced Project Sonic uh, 2017. Um, or no, just Project Sonic, sorry, which is coming out in 2017 on the PS4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo NX. Um, and, yeah, and that looks like a Sonic Generations 2 kind of thing. Um, that's really all I can really say about it. Are, are you guys excited for anything new from Sonic? No. No. I grew up a Sega kid, <laughs> so I've just been oversaturated by Sonic games like growing up, and they were never like that good. There, I when I think of Sonic, I just think of frustration. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, forget which game it is, but you're like the water is rising, and you have to like escape the room. I think that's that like game every might, game. Yeah, it, there's a sp- very specific one. I could probably mm-hmm. pull it up, but it just gives me so much anxiety. It might and be I don't want to go back to that. It might be three. I, I feel like three is the only one that I haven't beat um, in terms of the first three. I feel like Sonic 2 was an amazing game for me, but uh, I'm kind of excited for a new Sonic, and that's just because, like, I grew up in the right era to be, like, hit by Sonic. I was I was very big into Sonic Heroes, and yeah. during the stream, they had, like, the guys singing the Sonic Heroes theme song, which is, hmm. if, if I can name top ten songs of my childhood, that would be one of the songs, um... Sonic Heroes, the theme. Look it up on YouTube. I'm kind of excited for it. 
Um, I'm really interested to see what it is because the trailer looks kind of cool. But I mean, what trailer doesn't look cool? And uh, for as far as Sonic Mania, which we didn't really explain what Sonic Mania is, it's like it's like um, it's almost like a remaster slash reboot slash remake. I don't know what to call it. It's basically taking the 2D Sonic and, and bringing it back and kind of refreshing it a little bit. And so, yeah. I think that's coming out kind of soon, right? I think that's coming out in spring. Um, and so look out for that. Uh, that looks interesting. Also, I found out it was it was Sonic Two that I hate. Oh, Sonic Two is the best level. one. I love Sonic Two. No. no, that's the one where Tails follows you around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, also at Comic Con last week or two weeks ago was a bunch of trailers dropped for a bunch of different movies, TV shows, etc., mm-hmm. etc. And so I don't want to go into each one because that'll take a while. But I do want us to talk about like what are your guys's what were your guys's favorite trailers um, and what are you excited for. Um, if you're excited for anything, or if you even watch any of the trailers, um, I'm. I guess. I guess I'll go first. I'm most excited for Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Doctor Strange. Those are my top three. Luke Cage being number one. What is it about Luke Cage that excites you, dude? The trailer has a Nas track. That in is it. true. That is. How can you, and how point. can you not be excited for that? And. I feel like Luke Cage has an awesome opportunity that other, I mean, A, black excellence. It's like awesome to have like that many POC actors like in one thing together, like showing how awesome that property can be. It's an awesome property with awesome actors and like putting like in a time where like it's really shitty in America to be a part of that community, like just having to have an awesome show, like be the forefront is really cool to me, mm-hmm. especially when like all other superheroes are like, I'm sad and I'm white. Now it's like, nope, Nas track. And the main character is like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just, like, is the embodiment. Like, that character, I forget his name. Or, um, the actor. Oh, the actor. Uh, he, yeah, the actor. Yeah. Um, like, he's just the embodiment of just, like, I don't give a fuck about any of the things around him. <laughs> like, it's just like there's one trailer or it might even be from Jessica Jones where a dude breaks his a bottle over his head and he just like has this like this angry look on and he's just like, oh, come on, yeah. man, why you got to do this to me? Yeah. And he just is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Nas, the location, it's in New York, obviously. That's like near from where I'm from. And obviously the actors are awesome. Yeah. We even had this uh, conversation. One gripe um, I did have. Oh, we had a conversation on. about Luke Cage because like even when I, we were joking about like you comparing me to uh to luke cage or whatever and i was kind of saying that i wasn't really big into luke cage and that was specifically because of him as a character wasn't that interesting to me but the the trailer mm-hmm. actually did look really cool and i liked it mainly because of the violence the violence looked really awesome <laughs> mainly because oh, of yeah. the violence and the violence is always awesome and in all these shows like jessica jones daredevil like they always they always nail it and so i'm really excited for that i'm really excited to see if they can make me interested in luke cage that's like what I'm most excited for because hmm. so far they're two for two. Like they've gotten me interested in Daredevil and they've gotten me interested in Jessica Jones. And so if they can do the same thing for Luke Cage hmm. and turn Luke Cage into like a superhero that I'm really into, uh, I'm I'm gonna be really hyped for that. I'm gonna be really excited for that because I do want to I do want to like more black superheroes because I don't I don't like enough black superheroes and that's partly because there's not enough black superheroes. I mean there aren't enough yeah. of them. That's the like, problem. I really like Static Shock, but and. I'm I'm really sad. I'm really upset hey. that they haven't done anything with Static Shock in a while. Like since that cartoon when we were kids. Uh, They're trying to with Jason, Jason not Jason Smith. Smith. What's his name? 
Jaden Smith. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see how if how that goes. I don't even know. If, I don't think that's anything official, right? It's it's rumor yeah. talk, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, if they could do that for Luke Cage for me, like then I'll be excited because the more the merrier. Like Jessica Jones, female superhero, I really like, um, especially in the midst of like Supergirl, who I'm not really a fan of. But still, but still white. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's whatever. I I'd love like a black female superhero. I think that'd be awesome. Or a black like Hispanic. There is there's a there's a black female superhero in um Luke Cage. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like the more the like the more the merrier. I love I like I love seeing different types of people and different types of heroes. And also like also in that discussion we had last week actually I was, I was saying about like how Luke Cage's powers were really boring to me. Like he's indestructible and like just like Jessica Jane or Jessica. J- no, he's not indestructible. He's uh his skin is invulnerable. He can still be damaged. I what I said to you is that he's like an interesting black Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without but, the like, I'm, all, I'm not a fan of, like, the Superman-type characters. Because, like, we already kind of have Superman. And then, like, you get, like, heroes like Jessica Jones, who is really strong. And then you get, like, Luke Cage, who you can't really stab him because his skin won't break. And it's kind of all... It all kind of blends into, like, this similar thing, the similar Superman kind of thing. But that's why... That's where the characters come in and make it interesting. I have no idea who Iron Fist is, and so I'm interested to see that. Uh... I mean, Iron Fist is literally just a... I'll give you a simple breakdown. Uh, white dude uh, gets trapped in, like, the Himalayas or Asian mountaintops Malaysia, and then he fights a dragon, punches it, and then the dragon's blood gives him, like, special powers over, like, controlling his chi, and then he comes back to America and fights crime. Oh. So, kind of so like alive, me. Comes to Asia, goes right back, back to America. Kind of. Oh, I mean, nice. Yeah. But Except he's white, instead though. of fighting a dragon, Ian <laughs> fights eagles. Ian fights. I do. I fight hawks. eagles. I fight eagles, and I fall off my skateboard, and that's and that's what gives me my power. I'm very sorry. But uh, one thing that really bothered me, and I guess you can, you guys can chime in on this, is you guys saw the Justice League trailer, yeah? yeah? Yes. Okay. I heard so you there's like one fish. moment. I'm a huge. Yeah. Was a I heard you like fish. Bleed. Yeah. That's my favorite part. There's two things that really bothered me in that trailer. There's two things. First is the Aquaman appearance, and everything about that appearance was awesome. But there's one part in the very beginning where he turns around and he's this really menacing character, and he's like, they're talking before they're like, and he comes in on the king's tide, and blah blah blah. And then he turns around, and he goes, duck. But he like sounds like he can't breathe, or like he like he like has a raspy voice, but it's too raspy. And, like, the volume of his voice completely, like, threw me off for the rest of the trailer. That same scene threw me off. Not because of that. It was, like, and he rolls in on the high tide, the king's tide. And it's, like, Bruce Wayne, yeah, th- that's today, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, what? Bruce Wayne, like, what? Bruce Wayne is, like, a is a comedy character in these films for some reason. And like, then he's, like, chilling in, like, the chair. And he's, like, you got any Doritos? And then the Flash is, like, yeah. that kid from, like, <laughs> that one indie movie from a few years ago. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, what? And Bruce Wayne uh, is being funny, okay. and I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so here. So he, that's my first gripe is that he can't, this, the Aquaman can't mm-hmm. talk. Now, if they turn that into a thing where he can't breathe, and, like, his time on land is him holding his breath, and he, like, is fighting people, and he's like, one second, I need to get a drink of water. <laughs> All right, let's go fight again. Maybe that could be an interesting thing, but that bothered me. And the second thing is, I'm a huge fan of The Flash. He's been my favorite superhero ever since I was really young. But there's one line in the trailer that Ezra Miller gives that's really bothersome to me. And 
uh, Batman goes, oh, you'll join us? Oh, oh, okay. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, um, uh, I, I need friends. Yeah. And I was like, that was what? No! No! Yeah. I was like, that's not even what Flash is about. Like, he's not about being this antisocial weirdo. He, like, has a good group of people around him. Like, he has his, his wife, he has... Like his, he has like close friends. Even in the TV show, he has like a group of people that help him out. He's like this beacon of hope. He's supposed to be this this thing that people are drawn towards, you know. And for his excuse to join the Justice League is like, um, uh, I need friends. Like it is so off character to me. Like I would have rather him say like, "All right, stop right there. I'm in." Then he's like, "Oh, really? Why?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm bored." Mm. I don't know. Like, like, I'd rather him just be, like, completely... Yeah. Well, I'd rather him even just say, I'm bored. Because, like, imagine you're this super speed, like, human. You can, like, open... Like, when he uses his powers, it seems like he opens up portals to, like, other dimensions and summons lightning and stuff. Like, you can run faster than any car. You can get from point A to point B. You can travel from here to Japan to Antarctica in, like, 10 seconds, right? You know? Yeah. You can imagine how, like, bored he would be, right? Yeah. So, like, imagine a person with that much power that doesn't know any other superheroes. A superhero walks in his his door. He's like, hell yeah, let's go. And he's like, oh, why do you want to come in? And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I killed all the villains in my town. Like, I'm mm-hmm. bored. Like, I, I found where they lived in 40 seconds and just brought them to jail. You know, like, it. that's what I would have liked. I would have liked to him be like this. I understand the childishness of him. That's completely cool. But, like, the fact that he said that he's like, oh, I'm so lonely. I don't want to be alone. I got to fight Batman. Yeah. Like, I think they did that because they wanted to, like, they so wanted to emphasize the point that he's, like, a, a really smart dude. Or, like, and, like, and, like make, take that nerdiness of him and, like, push it to the next step just so people can get the message. You can be nerdy. You can be nerdy yeah. and intelligent and not be a social outcast. Like, there's no reason why Ezra Miller should not, quote unquote, not have friends. Even in that movie, he's yeah, gorgeous looking. He's in shape. He has a job and he also has a, he has a goddamn secret layer with like a billion TVs and a billion books. You're telling me you can't get one friend out yeah. here, dude? <laughs> you have Rick and Morty on the TV in the background in the trailer <laughs> and you can't talk about one dude about Rick and Morty? That was so popular. Get yeah. out of here. It's kind of like Andrew Garfield For, being Spider-Man. Forget this. Being Tony Parker, or Tony, crap, yeah. what's his name? Yeah, he's like Sp- Tony being, Tony Parker. Really? Peter Parker. Why do I think Tony Parker? Peter Parker. Being, I think Tony Parker is a basketball maybe. player. Maybe I was. I think I got Tony Stark and Peter Parker mixed up. Mixed up. Uh, but yeah, I feel I feel you on the. It's very yeah. It is very out of character for somebody that beautiful to be that fidgety. You know, the only other person that beautiful, yeah. well, that awkward, I can think of is me. And you know, like I'm an anomaly. Ooh, okay, you have friends. I do have friends. And you do, and you have friends. There you, there you go. go. But one one last thing. Tell me, okay, I'm going to tell you right now what I think Ezra Miller, or who Ezra Miller, I think, should be playing. I think he should play Robin, not The Flash. Oh, wow, yeah. I could see him as Robin. Like, if you pull up that image of him walking into the scene and his, like, rapport with Batman and, like, him being, like, more lighthearted and jokey... Can't you see him as like a like an early Robin, like a Dick Grayson yeah. or a Tim I Drake? Let's like Robin a has no friends outfit for some reason. Well, just like look at the hair. He has the same hair as as that character. He like has the same face, same build. Like he's a little bit shorter than Batman. Like I feel like he would have been a great like new Robin. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like imagine at the end of the Justice League, Batman learns to to form this team, and he's like, all right, well, I got to go back to Gotham, and he's like. 
And then, like, on the TV screens, is like, while Batman was away, we had a new person come in here, and he's a young boy using a bird symbol. Who is he? We are calling him the Scarlet Robin. And then, like, it's, like, a little, like, after the movie, like, for Batman's solo movie, he has his own Robin now, you know? Yeah. I've always wanted a Robin. But, that, again, that's just me. That's... After- and then here's here's how it ended. Here would be the last shot of the movie. It cuts. See, you see him on TV. It cuts. It's them walking in the Batcave, and it's like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. And Bruce Wayne's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then it cuts to black. So, oh, no, wait. Even better. Even better hypothetical scenario. End of Justice League happens. Batman goes back to the Batcave, and we he has, like, the big chair in front of the computer. And the chair spins around, and it's Robin, but he has no costume. And he's like... Hey, so you're like Batman, right? Hi, my name's Tim. And, like, and just introduces himself. And he, like, no costume, no nothing. And Batman's like, God, ugh, God damn and it. Then, like, God, and then it cuts to black. And then uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt <sighs> walks in. He's like, <laughs> he's like, wait, what? I'm Yo, I wouldn't even be mad I'm about that. 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 I wouldn't even be fucking mad about that. I'd be so hyped for that. What? And then, then freaking, um, crap, what's the name of the Batman from Dark Knight? His actual name. Val Christian Kilmer, Bale. Christian Bale just walks in, and then uh, the universe, and then like it just it just fades I've out, and Flashpoint just pops up on the screen. You guys get that reference? Hundred Batman's. Oh man, yeah, I do. Yeah, they, I we, I'm a Flash fan, of course. I get that reference. I love okay, Hello. I'm just, I'm, I'm just making sure for the for the for the people listening. Hmm. That's a it's a reference to Flashpoint. You should watch it on. It's very easy to find on Netflix. It's pretty good. Cartoon Flash movie, hmm. Justice League movie. Word. Um, you should all uh, never mind. But that's it. Yeah. That's that's my entire thing from San Diego. Uh, back uh, back to the topic. The I movies, guess we're trailers, pretty much on topic. Yeah, Alex, what about you? Did what trailer? Is- uh so yeah, so Doctor Strange actually looks looks really good to me. Uh, the first trailer dropped a few months ago, and it didn't really do much for me. You know, I was like, okay, cool. It's kind of like an inspe- Inception vibe. I don't know anything about Doctor Strange. I never really read his comics. Um, I was like, okay, cool. And this trailer dropped, and I was like, holy cow, this looks like a front runner for me. Um, it's essentially just a bunch of the trailers. Just to me, they're like finding all these excuses to show off their CG, which looks beautiful. Um, I don't know. It, it just looks super cool. It's a character that I don't, I don't really know that well. So I feel like I'm not going to go into the movies, like predicting everything. I'm just going to go in and sit down and watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What yeah. do you guys think of it? Did you watch that one? I saw that one also. Uh, I thought it was really cool. I'm really excited for the movie. Um, uh, and yeah, like the whole like, well, one the CG is amazing, and it is very like Inception esque. And I thought it was, I thought, I think it's cool that Marvel is doing different things, and like I've heard people, yeah, like they've got their Captain America that's kind of like born sometimes, yeah. and then they've got Doctor Strange, which is this weird like psychedelic experience. Yeah, I don't know. and I've heard like people talk about like superhero fatigue, and I think this is how Marvel is sort of combating it um, with movies like this, where it's like what is this is this like it's is it inception is it like they're doing a lot of crazy mental crazy like i don't know what the word is for it but crazy stuff crazy stuff with this film and then you have something like like spider-man homecoming which is going to be like a teen high school film um you know and they're doing mm-hmm. they're, they're doing these different things with their superhero pro- properties that are keeping them from getting stale and i think that's that's really cool to see and so i'm excited to see dr strange i hope that it's as cool as the trailers and i, I just want that movie to be like a two-hour long trip session without the drugs maybe with the drugs who knows i think it will be you think they'll hand out drugs at the at the door yeah yeah <laughs> here's two pills enjoy awesome 
Uh, no, I think it looks. I think it looks fun. What were we gonna say, Ian? Uh, no, I wasn't gonna say anything. I I loved Inception. The visuals behind this movie seem great, and I'm excited to see it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's coming out November Inception. 11th, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think so. That new Inception movie. Uh, are you looking forward to anything else from the from Comic Con? Nothing else. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. Uh, Batman: The Killing Joke animated movie. Uh, I might buy it this weekend. It's digital. I might just wait for the physical because it comes with the digital code too. I've been hearing very mixed things about it. So essentially what I've gathered... I've been hearing very negative things about it. Yeah, so essentially what I've gathered is if you're a hardcore Batman fan and you don't want anything changed from the comics, you don't want them to have any creative freedom, then you're not going to like this movie. But if you go into it and you're like, okay, I'm cool with them changing some of the stuff, even from the source material, then you're going to probably enjoy it. That's kind of what I've gathered. But the Killing Joke comic is like the best, one of the best Batman comics ever, um, and it's like it's like iconic. And I'm okay if they mess with the formula a little bit. I've I've read the comic and I've appreciated it for that medium, and I'm cool if they change it up, you know, just hmm. a little bit. Like what that what's being changed up is seems kind of dumb to me uh, that people are getting upset about it. Uh, but you. I will, I'll watch it and I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> you just watch it, you come back, and all of a sudden like. You're like the Hulk, and you're just tearing apart everything. And you're like, I can't believe they ruined everything it. about it. Yeah, yeah. Be hilarious. No, um, I'm I'm going into it optimistic. Awesome. Yeah, like I I haven't seen I haven't read the comic, and so I don't I don't even know what the story is. Um, I can kind of guess from the name of the story. Um, actually, I know key elements of it. I know like I know a couple of people who die, and like probably the, the most important people. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'll probably see it if it's on Netflix. I'll check it out. Um, is there anything else from Comic Con that piqued your interest? Uh, mostly the superhero movies for me was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really pay attention to much else. Nice. Um, I thought the Wonder Woman trailer also looked pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll talk about this later too. But I don't know how good Justice League and Wonder Woman actually are actually gonna be. But their trailer, the trailers look awesome, and so I'm excited. Oh yeah, Flash season three. Let me tell you, that trailer got me hyped. Like. I mean, I'm. I really love Flash. Hey. I really love the Flash TV show. Hey. This trailer just like did did the right thing. Um, I don't know how I feel about Wally's. Uh, I, you know, what, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay away from spoilers, even though they kind of shown. It was in the trailer, but if you're kind of staying away from trailers, I can see how you kind of don't want to know what I was about to say. And so I'm gonna stay away from saying the thing I was gonna. You guys can kind of guess it if you if you know, um, if you're familiar. But yeah. Well, hmm. let me just say, like, Wally's appearance. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. But, um, yeah, so Flash looks amazing. Uh, I'm really excited that it's called what it's called, um, Flashpoint. I think that's really cool. Uh, and, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that particular story. Arrow looks like more Arrow. I really hope they make a good season again. I miss you season two. Uh that I can only dream. Until then, I'll be on the Daredevil Reddit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for me for the for SDCC. Uh, also, for did anybody notice? I don't mean to inter- oh, interrupt. I'm sorry. In the Wonder Woman trailer, she's like walking in the middle of a cocktail party, like eating cocktail weenies, and she's got like a broadsword sticking out of her dress. I'm like, really? does anybody not see this? Like this one has a weapon. There's a scene mm. where she's walking in a blue dress. It's literally just a sword on her back, and like everybody else is in tuxedos. I'm like, maybe what? Too you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, that was weird. M- maybe that's like one of her powers, concealing her weapons. The sword is just invisible. That'd be awesome, yeah, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that lasso is like straight up just like lit up and so hopefully that's not just like chilling on her waist the lasso looked really cool yeah the lasso does look cool mm. um before our last piece of news uh there are some leaks that happened uh the industry got a little bit leaky with nx news and so Eurogamer mm-hmm. Eurogamer uh posted nx specs um or what they believe it to be um uh yeah so it seems like it's going to be of course, more powerful than Wii U, but apparently less powerful than the PS4 and Xbox One. I'm not going to go too in-depth with it, because really I'm not really too knowledgeable about this stuff. But what I will say is that it does fall in line with what a lot of people seem to be like suspecting with the NX, which is it's going to be a portable console that you can also hook up when you're at home and play as like a non-portable console. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, did you guys check it out? Do you guys do you guys have any thoughts on NX or the new NX leaks? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm kind of optimistic. Like, I kind of I want an, a new Nintendo handheld. Like, the only thing holding me back from getting a 3DS is I feel like it's kind of slowing down. Mm-hmm. And to me, if I was Nintendo, 3DS was like so lucrative compared to like home consoles. I mean, the Wii is like an anomaly. But like the three, the, the whole DS family is so lucrative to Nintendo. It's like, why wouldn't they make that the main kind of attraction of the system? And being able to like plug it up at home, you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of Miley Cyrus. It's the best of both worlds. Best. Anyways, I'm. What do you think, Ian? Oh yeah, Ian. What do you think? Um, what do I think? Good question. Uh, I think this could be either really good or really bad. Again, we've talked before, Alex and I have talked before at length, ad nauseum about what we think the NX is. I think it's some sort of weird AR device, possibly. And I think that this controller leak, or not controller leak, this like schematics leak might be their attempt at doing something more different and not necessarily like competing, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which could be really good or really bad. That we see from Pokemon Go and like other things that are outside of the norm, they seem to be really successful. But if we look at the Wii U, something that tried to do something a little bit different, that wasn't successful. So I don't know. I love portable games. I'm a huge fan of the Vita, the DS. Those I play those two systems more than my PS4 right now. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I also I'm in the process of writing something down about how like these decisions they don't make sense from an American perspective, but. The problem is, is that Nintendo has always been a company that makes decisions based off of not the, their American audience, but their Japanese audience. Hmm. So that might kind of give you more of an understanding of like their decision making, if you think of it that way. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I am very much split in the middle when it can, when it comes to what the NX seems to be, and that is because, like, in terms of power, like I know the NX, or I know Nintendo is not going to come out and like put out like the neo scorpio you know like super console and just kill the game with that because that's not really what nintendo does but also like i don't know i i expected them to bring out something at least as powerful as the ps4 like nothing less and that's mainly because one of the big issues with wii u was the lack of third parties and i mean i think to me like i mean 
between the gimmicks between like the bad messaging between all these things like to me in my opinion like the biggest issue with the wii u was the third party support and if you're not making a console that's as powerful as the ps4 or the xbox one then you're not going to get third party support at least i think uh with nintendo and so if the nx isn't having third party third party support then like and kind of for me it's kind of kind of like what are you doing like you're it's it's yeah. it's gonna tank um now if you do merge your handheld and um home console markets and you know make them one thing then that could kind of help your um the amount of games that you have on your system you know you bring all your 3ds games to the nx you bring all your con- home console games to the nx um have me playing pokemon you know on my screen at home let me play um, Fire Emblem on the screen at home. Let me play Animal Crossing. All these things like you're not splitting up um, these properties, and I and that'll definitely help a lot because like with Mario Kart, like how many years was it between the time Mario Kart Wii came out and Mario Kart Eight was eight the latest one? I think eight was the latest one. Um, the time between those um, was great because Mario Kart Seven came out on the um, 3DS between those two times and so like you don't get stuff like that when you just when you just have one console you know you don't have you don't have like a console animal crossing then a handheld animal crossing and i can just keep listing properties where they kind of do the same thing so like you get one central place where you put all your games um but if you don't have third parties then i don't know that being said uh i do like the idea of a console that i can take around and maybe they probably could they maybe they could make a, a powerful enough console um with this kind of like concept and so i'm interested to see what it is that's really all i can say about this point i really want nx to be good i really want it to be cool i really want it to be successful because i love nintendo me too uh i'm kind of nervous but it's almost like when you're watching your child who's like unathletic go up and and play baseball for the first time and you're watching you're playing (laughs) sitting at the game and you're just watching them step up to the plate and the way they're walking up to the plate, you, you just know, like, oh, man. Oh, man. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> it's going it's going I down. Mean, but, I mean, who knows? That kid might hit a home run. And so, we'll see. Hmm. It seems like Nintendo, at this point, is just trying to make home runs and swing for the swing for the fences. And so, we shall see. Um, yeah. Ian, what did you think? Because you have, you have theories on what the NX is, right? And you said you mentioned AR. Did you want to go more? Into yeah. That? I... I... Yeah, I mean, I can give a quick breakdown of what I think it might be. Um, so when I talked to at on Alex's show, we talked about how Pokemon Go is so successful and about how VR is is seemingly going to be this new feature that's going to be in a lot of gaming systems. So my theory was is that Pokemon Go is like a precursor to events that will that will make Nintendo's NX more successful. There's all there's all this talk about a portable component, right? Yeah. So what if this portable component allows you to make like this AR sort of experience, you know? Hmm. So not similar to Pokemon Go, but similar to like a street pass situation yeah. where where everyone that has an NX that brings it around has like a piece of a puzzle for something. Like, oh, you can download your person's character, you can do this, you can do that. So essentially imagine taking a Wii U game or a PS4 game and bringing it out with you and saying, uh, all right, if you walk this much, then you get these points that you can buy, like, DLC or something. Or, oh, if you do 
Uh, if you take a photo of this thing or if you're near this Wi-Fi, then you can get this special thing. If you pass 10 people, you get this thing. You know, like incentivizing people to go out into the real world and do things with You also their had games, a good you know? idea, I thought, that you haven't mentioned on this show yet. It was like, and maybe you were just kind of ranting on Pixel Pulse, but it was kind of like you were saying like, well, maybe like you go out and then you come, you collect something and you come back. And you can like unpack it and like and maybe it's like a key to a dungeon or something that you now have access to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and to be clear, I was ranting on Pixel Pulse because it was just <laughs> you and I. So we were just ranting back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's rumors about their new games coming out, right? Uh for mobile. And it's Animal Crossing and uh Fire Emblem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So imagine this portable thing, imagine this portable device connects to your phone, right? So that means you can get that AR part and you can also get that street pass part, but you can also have it with your phone. Okay. So in my eyes, I said, all right, you walk around with your NX and your phone, right? Yeah. You walk around, you pass by someone else who has fire emblem and then you get their data. You plug your stuff back in at home. Oh, you have their, you can now fight their team. Oh, you go to animal crossing. You pass by someone with animal crossing. Boom. You have their village now in your saved data. You know, just taking Street Pass, an idea that they already had with the, the Nintendo 3DS, a genius idea, and just upgrading it hmm. to, a, to a home console that now has this portable component. Yeah. Interesting. I think that'd be, like, next level. Like, I, I, that, that sounds a lot, like, a lot of fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's the one thing that's kind of, like, there's this big split between, like, oh, I have a Wii U and I can do these features, and oh, I have a 3DS and I have these features, right? Yeah. And it seems like the 3DS has all of the games and all of the features, and the Wii U has all of the power. So yeah. if you can just take those two systems and fuse them kind of like what it seems like they're trying to do, then you have a surefire winner. Like, we were talking about Monster Hunter, right? If you could play Monster Hunter with, like, really great graphics and you and I could play on the go but also play at home on a big TV – that's like a win-win, you know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Street Pass. Oh, Street Pass, amazing game-changing feature. You need to go out physically into the world and communicate and pass by people who share this interest that you have, right? So, but you couldn't do that on the Wii U. Now imagine, like, imagine in Persona, every time you walk by someone, you get one of their Persona. Imagine in Overwatch, every time you pass by somebody who plays Overwatch with you, you get one currency coin, you know? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. you know? Like, it incentivizes real-world interaction for games. Because too much of one thing is... Too much of anything is is bad. It's too much games is bad, and too much going outside is bad. So they want to kind of, like, interweave these two experiences together and make people connect on a different level. I heard on one of the IGN podcasts, I think, they were talking about um, what if, like, you could take the portable device, go out, and it has Pokemon Go on it, and you can just, like, catch Pokemon... And then come home, and then when you get home, it's just like there's just a whole core game there, and that kind of really that'd be awesome. that really opened up like my mind to like the idea of oh crap like what if like because when I first heard when I first heard AR I was kind of like hmm is that really like a bet that they'd want to take but then when I when I heard when I heard of that concept that 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 really made me think like yeah there could be there could be endless possibilities like if you have like a a a core experience. And then, like, you go outside and just and just do and do things and have like kind of a lackluster like mobile experience because like mobile gaming is huge. Like, that's kind of something that's already known, and it's something that Nintendo has been trying to like. Nintendo's now has been trying to compete with iPhone and Android for a while now, 
and it's it, i mean it's basically like a losing battle like eventually eventually like android and and apple is just gonna like destroy um kind of like what it's worth to to have a mobile a mobile gaming device um but if they were able to like i don't know somehow take this home console and make it something to where like it's something totally different it's some it's 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 not about having games that you can play outside it's about making your experience while out part of your experience while like inside and and kind of i don't know core in that way and kind of unified in that way if they unify it well enough i think it could be that could be pretty interesting pretty pretty awesome yeah that's kind of what I'm saying is just Nintendo is great about melding experiences. Yeah. 3DS is a great portable experience and the Wii and Wii U were great game experiences in general, but they kind of have been they're They're serving two masters right now. So I hope that with the NX, they can kind of take those two things and fuse them together in a great way. Sweet. And so we also have some more NX news uh, from you, Ian. Um, what's the deal with yeah. this controller? So I guess I'll take, I'll take this out. So, so again, we saw the leaks uh, posted, and they had these like portable controller with detachable sides. So someone on NeoGAF on one of the forums posted a photo from Star Fox Zero or the Star Fox anime, and a character Falco is playing a game system that has those exact specs that we just talked about, hmm. or a variation of those specs on the one of the controllers. So someone was like taking the the schematics that were like written up or whatever and then comparing them to this controller and they were like, wow, it's extremely similar. Is this kind of what we're getting in in this new thing? And obviously people are saying, like, why would why would someone who worked in the Star Fox anime know about the controller? Would they really do that? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It just seems things line up in a weird way. Like the controller is like not identical, but looks pretty similar to what these schematics yeah. have. So not necessarily a like concrete thing, but you combine that with the you combine that with the NX leaks from Eurogamer. It's just an interesting little like Illuminati like cool little theory thing that you can like yeah. look up. And I encourage people to go check it out because I I checked it out and I was like, huh, it's pretty cool. Like I don't I don't think it's accurate, but it kind of could be accurate. And so uh, check that out if you're interested in, um, in in what you think the NX controller may look like or may not look like. It's it, the the thing Falco's holding kind of does look a tad bit like I don't know, kind of like ridiculous. But I could see the NX controller like if if they took that and like dumbed it down just just a bit, then I could definitely see it like being that. Um, we're gonna move on to our next segment, which is guest talk. Um, in this segment, we talk about the guests. Uh, we talk about what the guest wants to talk about, um, and we get to know who they are. So Alex. You there? What is my topic? No, not yet. Yeah, I'm here. Um, okay. Who here. <laughs> who are you, Alex? What do you do? Uh, I am a content creator. I uh, I do work over at PixelPulseRadio.com. Host my own podcast over there. Um, I'm usually a little more enthusiastic as the host is. Um, but so I do podcasts. I write articles. Do reviews. Um. And then, like, I do, like, I am dabble in, like, uh, video game music sometimes, and I I do all sorts of stuff in the creative realm. I do graphic design. I do, I've, the thing I've been doing the longest is, like, audio production. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, you can find me at Pixel Pulse Radio. Everything I do there is there, you know. Um, that's kind of it. I always feel like I'm missing something, 
want to talk about this stuff, but I think most of my work is <laughs> over there. Yeah, and like for listeners of this podcast, like listeners of this podcast probably already know who you are because either they they might listen yeah. to your podcast or they probably listen to Overwatch, um, or they probably yeah. know you from know you from Twitter or, or wherever. And so, I mean, I imagine they I imagine most of them know who who, who you are. Um, but Pix Pulse Radio, pretty awesome podcast. It's cool because he does it with his stepdad. Is that right? Yeah, I do it with my stepdad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Like it's, uh, I, I really like the concept of the show and that's the thing that pulled me in when I first, when I first, when I first heard of it, I was like, Oh, cool. The son and son and dad. I was like, man, that's, that sounds dope. And so check. Yeah. We try to have like fun guests on. We've had developers on, we've had mm-hmm. video game composers on, you had, um, IGN's uh, other Sean podcasts Pitts on one, one episode. Yeah. We had on IGN Sean Pitts before he was IGN's Sean that's Pitts. That's crazy. You're almost, you're almost like, no, but yeah, you're like that um indie record label that held, had had that um hot artist that then got signed yeah. to a big label. And yeah, you got to be like, yeah. yeah, I helped. I we did that. I knew him before he was cool. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> he he was always cool. That's why he came on our show. Oh yeah, but yes, sir. But yeah, so we do that over at Pixel Pulse Radio. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I, I actually, you know what? All right, so maybe you guys don't know this. But I had I, I I have a following on Vine, not really, but like somehow I made a dumb video and it got featured on Vine. So like when you go to my Twitter profile, it's like 150 thousand Vine loops. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. It's like kind of deceiving because it's one like dumb Star Wars Vine that got featured, but mm-hmm. you know hmm. that, that's kind of cool. Dude, that's awesome. That is cool. I got yeah. Uh, re- but yeah, you can. I got retweeted by Greg Miller one time. And that changed. That Damn. changed my life for literally one day. Changed your life. One day, I got like a th- like a thousand likes, not retweets. I got like probably like a couple hundred retweets. I don't even know how many, but I got like a thousand likes, and that kind of that was kind of cool. I was like, man. Yeah, it's always fun when people recognize your stuff and think it's yeah. funny. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. I said I said something funny and people laughed at it. Um, <laughs> then you. No, but yeah, you can if you want to talk to me on Twitter. I'm at it's Van Aken. Um, on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Awesome. And you also brought a topic. Yeah, I did. I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of dive back in time, uh, specifically 10 years ago. Um, you know, it's like, I, I just kind of have the idea. I might, I might start a written feature on this kind of idea or it might become something on Pixables, but I was like, Hey, I was coming tonight. I needed a topic. So let's try it out. Um, so I was just kind of wanted to dive back. We are currently recording this. On July 29th, 2016, I thought we'd dial it back to July 2006, kind of see what what the video game industry looked like back then, see if there's any parallels, maybe just laugh at some of the stuff we hear. But I've got a couple news stories, like highlights from that month. I've got uh, some games released on the platforms back then and what they, like kind of the general, like their score and stuff was. Um, I just figured it might be fun to talk about. Cool. Do you guys want to talk about games first or news? Games. 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 Okay, let me pull that up. Because this, well, this entire time I was like looking on Wikipedia, like, wait, what games came out that year? Wait, what? Hello? Like, I was <laughs> so I couldn't remember for the life of me what came out. But all right, uh, yeah, go for it. So, what are we starting with? We'll start with Xbox 360. Um, no, we'll start with the older stuff. So, on the original Xbox, the the highlights are, and some of the it's funny. Some of the platforms had some decent games. Some of them were horrendous. Uh, for the month of July in 2006. But Xbox, the original Xbox, had World War II Combat, Iwo Jima. That game came out on July 21st. It's like one of three games released on the Xbox that month. 
And the Metacritic score 58. was a 25 out of 100. Oh, wow. I was way off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you even make We've to also get that got, of, a, of a score? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the original Xbox, though, had a had a rough July Man. in 2006. They, like, put Nazi Next symbolism up... on a disc and then sold it. <laughs> Next up is Painkiller Hell Wars. That came out July 24th. And this is the highest Xbox-rated game that month. Got a 68. Okay. It's not 23. So, so you know, almost a 70. It's okay, I guess. Hmm. Huh. Almost have, a C. Have you guys, almost have you guys a C. Heard, of, heard of either of those games? I had no. no. I haven't heard of any of the Xbox games. I've heard of some of the the older, uh, the other console games that came out that month. But Xbox, original Xbox, kind of seems like Xbox 360 was out at this mm-hmm. point. And so it was just those weird games that happened to come out. Like they might have taken a little longer and develop and miss, uh-huh. missed like the ending to the, the Xbox. Um, and then lastly, it was a game called Warpath that came out July 24th as well. And that alongside Painkiller. And that got a 53. So on that Tuesday, they released the game that was a 68 and then a 53. And then three days Ooh. earlier, a 25. So like I said, kind of a rough month for Xbox. Dude, Painkiller sounds like but, something um, you went after a Warpath. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we'll flip to PS2. They had a little better month. Well, it's kind Persona of. Persona 4. So on Jul- <laughs> no. On July 11th, 2006, the Ultimate Board Game Collection came out for the PS2. Okay. Take a guess at what the Metacritic score was. 48. Uh, it was a 37 oh, on Metacritic. Oh, I was going to go 30. So PS2, you know, off to a rough start. But then a week later, July 18th, Super Dragon Ball Z comes out. Oh, dude, I remember that. Gets a 72. Yeah. That was so awesome. So, you know, PS2 started off rough, but they, you know, DBZ came and saved it. Which is, <laughs> you know, back then, like, DBZ was so great, like, oh, dude, so popular games as far as gaming popping. was. Yeah, Booty Guy game was awesome. Yeah. All, all of them. Um, GameCube didn't have... GameCube had, like, two licensed games that weren't even worth mentioning to me. It's, like, Monster House and the Ant Bully. And, um, like, I think the Ant Bully was the only DS game that came out that month. So Nintendo had a horrible July. Because um, those re- those games didn't even review well. Mm-hmm. So i kind of moving along past GameCube. Uh, we've got the PSP... That was like that was a new console back then. Miami Vice the game hmm. came out on July 18th. Got a 63. Now tell me if you played any of these. Uh Tekken Never. Dark Resurrection. That nope. sounds familiar, but I came don't think Came out July. It actually had good reviews. It was, came out July 25th. Had an 88 Wait, on for Metacritic. PSP? Yeah. Huh, interesting. And then one more game for the PSP was Valkyrie Valkyrie Profile Lineth, July 18th, got an 80 on Metacritic. Sounds like a JRPG to me. I don't know. One of those Japanese games. Hmm. I'm sure most people were playing um, Super Mario Brothers on their PSP. Yeah. <laughs> and then on PC, had a great July. Um, on PC in July 2006, Civiliz- Civilization 4 Warlords came out on the 24th. Got an 84 Wait, on Metacritic. Do you guys play Civilization? No, but Civilization no. 4 came out that long ago? And yeah. Civilization 5 is just... Wait, just came out? Didn't it? Wait. Am I, I'm crazy. Civ right? 5 came out a few years okay. ago. But there was like a new version that came out, right? Yeah. Like literally this month or something? Or uh, this year? I don't know. There's a new one. Civ 6 is coming out this, this yeah, year. Yeah, Civ oh, 6 okay. is Maybe one. that's what I'm thinking about. 
So it's been, I guess, like an average of one every five years. That, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Maybe they took a long break after Civ 4. I'm not sure when Civ 5 exactly yeah, came out. Yeah, I feel like Civ it was like 5 2012 or so. Out. Yeah. Um, so that game came out, and then the second one, and the the only one left, uh, Prey came out. Mm. The original yeah. Prey game. Yeah. July 11th, 2006. Metacritic. Also coming out in the also coming out on the 360. On the PC, it got an average score of 83 oh. out of 100, and on the Xbox 360, it got a 79. I heard that game wasn't that good. Maybe I'm crazy. No, that's like a cult classic really? for a lot of people. Yeah, it's just like Jeff Force. Prey, yeah, Prey was good. Well, I mean, and this past E3, we got like the Prey reboot, which is like totally different. I feel like from the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, now it's like super horror, and in the old one, you played like an Indian spirit or something. It's been so long. You feel um, like I think you play like a Native American man who can like go through these weird portals and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so, so PC had a great month. Assassin's Creed Three. Sure. Not, sure, not at all. It's just like a Native American man that could travel through time, right? Sure. Uh, maybe. We'll give it to you. Sweet. Um, and then lastly on the 360, um, some games that I have certainly played, uh, they had like some, like on the arcade, they had some like classics come out, Galaga, Frogger. Uh, those surprisingly didn't do too hot on Metacritic. Frogger got, Frogger got a 61, Galaga got a 66. So maybe, I'm not sure the context, huh. maybe um, there, it wasn't a great port, I'm not sure. Um, and then on the Xbox Live Arcade, Cloning Clyde, I don't know if you've played that, that came out, got an 80, came out on July 19th. And the rest were kind of like, like I said, Prey came out, NCAA Football 07 came out Ooh. July 18th. Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2 came out. I used to play Ooh. that all the time. July 5th, that came out. 79 in Metacritic. And then Chrome Hounds. Did you guys play Chrome I've Hounds? Never heard of it. The mech game. That's my that game right there. Fun. That was a pretty fun one. Uh, that came out July 11th. It was no, kind of like Xbox's version it. of like Armored Core in a way. I don't know. Interesting. That, that's what I remember thinking it was. But that's all the games we have to talk about. I thought it, I think the news stories are fun. Um, it is. And there's kind of some parallels to what we're going through with nowadays in the industry. Hillary um, Clinton. So we will start. Sorry. <laughs> well, time out. Did you know? Did you know that Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out in 2006 as well as Kingdom Hearts 2? Really? Did wow. Guitar Hero come out that year. Yeah. What a good year. I don't. Know. I have no idea. Gears of War came out that year in October. What did? I was on Wikipedia and I was like looking down. I was like, man, like what? What came out this year? I don't. I don't know any of these games. And I. There's like a little tab on Wikipedia that says like United States and Japan, and I clicked Japan and I knew all the games, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, like Final Fantasy VII came out, Animal Crossing Wild World came out, New Super Mario Bros. Wait, Final Fantasy VII? Or maybe it was. It says here it's one of the best-selling video games of 2006 in Japan. That's crazy. Hmm. Maybe there's some maybe sort of a, re-release. Yeah, a re-release or something. Maybe it came out for PC. Well, no, sorry. Final Fantasy XII. Sorry, oh, I can't count. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, man, <laughs> that's crazy. Can't that count. He was selling that much. That is still a top-selling game. However many years later. <laughs> well, it wasn't top-selling game. It was top-selling game on PS2. But the four in front of it were 3DS. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl was the highest-selling game in 2006. Okay. I thought Final Fantasy VII was like the Grand Theft yeah. Auto That's 5. when I stopped playing Pokemon, 2006. Yeah. Which I kind of regret, but... Um, all right, so let's look at the news uh, for July of 2006. 
on July 3rd, Microsoft comes out, says Microsoft denies that they will release an updated 360 with an internal hard drive, which is liars. A lie. Yeah, a bunch Fucking of liars. liars. They totally did that. It was a smart move. Um, that became like the prominent, the slim became like prominent in the the old one with the external hard drive totally like it's disappeared. It's just like that one time uh, Sony was like, we're going to release The Last Guardian. Wasn't that also in 2006? <laughs> I feel like that was like... It was like 2007, 2000, something mm. like that. Um, July 3rd as well, both Sega and Ubisoft announced that they feel the price of the PlayStation 3 is a concern. <laughs> Which, yeah, you guys were you guys are pretty right. <laughs> That's hilarious. They were Wait, was right. That before, was, Continuing, was that before the, the announcement yeah. of the price? Or was it after? Do you know? That was like right after okay. the game. Uh, the PS3 came out in November 2006, so a few months later than this. Okay. The Xbox 360 was already out since the previous November of 2005. Okay. But everybody already knew the price, um, or were they like? Yeah, so this was right after okay. E3. You got to think. So the price was announced gotcha. at E3. I'm sure. Cool. I was thinking like this was like right before or something, and then like. It's funny to hear Sega though, because like they're so like irre- irrelevant oh, yeah. now. I feel. I like. don't know. That Sonic Mania looks like um, can... take over the world. continuing on the sony doing bad things uh sony is told to pay 190 million pounds in taxes after unreporting games business income oh wow so tax evasion interesting (laughs) interesting that's awesome this is a totally different sony back then that's why i think it's so funny Hmm. Uh, another microsoft embarrassment in my opinion uh july 6th three days later microsoft announces that it will release a handheld to the rival of the iPod. Will it become the, the, Z- Zoom. the Zoom? Obama had one. I had a Zoom. That it fell out of my Zoom. pocket at Batman Dark Knight. Dude, that's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still convinced that they, the uh, theater cleaners took it. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, July 10th, 2006. The Securities and Exchange Commission starts an investigation and a Take-Two Interactive for possible manipulation of stock option grants. Hmm. So Take-Two, under investigation, obviously didn't affect them too much. They're still around today publishing Rockstar's games. Dude, but these publishers and developers are straight up thugs back in the day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it wasn't until Twitter became prominent that they, they, we, we got them got them to straighten yeah, out their act a little bit. Made them accountable. July 11th, 2006... In light of accusations of racism, Sony pulls a controversial white PlayStation Portable oh, ad in the Netherlands. I remember that one. That Wait, was what? super racist. Yeah. There was like Wait, some... I, I forget. Let's it was see. Like, Let's pull it up. It was up. like... Um, it was basically saying about how like white was superior to black. But it was like in like a racist way. Oh, I can't remember exactly what it was. But I remember okay. seeing it and being like, I can't believe I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up an ad on Engadget from 2006. All right, so the ad says PlayStation Portable, white is coming. That was like on, and oh, oh, I forgot. Okay, so it's this white chick. I'll link it in the chat. It's this white chick. Uh, where is my chat at? Oh. I'm going to link it in the show notes um, right next to where my name, right on the guest okay. talk. Um, so it's this white chick, and she's holding the mouth of black, of a black woman. And it says PlayStation Portable White is coming. Oh yeah, and it's like, oh no. Do you see this? It's oh, like the who would think of this? Basically, like yeah. if you're listening, basically it's looks like this white woman is about to destroy this black woman. 
It looks yeah, so, it looks so bad. Like I get, I understand so how, it looks, how it looks cool because like the design looks cool, but like if if you see this ad, it just looks straight up just like racist. So racist. Yeah. White instead of winter is coming, it was white is coming. Um, oh no. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um. All right, July twelfth. This is from Wikipedia, by the way, so the dates might be a little off. Um, I think that last one, the the it said July 11th, but it actually was like July 6th that it aired. Um, the news story. All right, July 12th, 2006, Nintendo announces that it'll release the Black Nintendo DS in Japan. So meanwhile, Sony is like having racist white ads, and <laughs> Nintendo, I guess, is deciding to release their Nintendo's black like, one. We got you, fam. Um, yeah, Don't yeah. Worry. I wonder. Don't if worry, that, dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the last one, last big news story. Um, I just think it's kind of funny. Uh, the The Entertainment Software Association announces that their annual E3 trade show will be scaling back into a more intimate event focused on targeted personalized meetings and activities from the mega show it has been for over a decade. The group cites the rising cost for attending publishers becoming counterproductive as one of the reasons for closing the current hmm. show. So, you know, I, I guess that's kind of true. Like, you hear about, like, all sorts of personalized meetings, but... I mean, I feel like the show is still like just like a monster every year. Maybe they scaled back for maybe they've scaled back a little bit, but I thought that was mm-hmm. I don't know interesting. Dude, that's awesome. But yeah, so July two thousand six, racism, <laughs> Microsoft, very bad games trying to take on the iPad. Yeah, that's a good month. Bad, mostly bad. That was games. kind of a fun thing. I enjoy, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was just fun to kind of jump back in time a little, kind of like a little time capsule. Dude, 20 years ago, um, the N64 released, 1996, my first console, and one of my favorite ones. Hmm. And so I don't know what month I released it, was... but it was a good year. My first console was a Sega Master System. Oh, wow. But Oh, yeah. It was my dad's. I, I, for, I forgot you guys were some old people over here. Meanwhile, I'm growing up yeah. with my Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey for N64. Uh, up next, uh, we're going to move on to um, a new segment called Last Week on the Site. And I'm just going to keep this one brief. Um, basically, we go back to the site and we look at what we posted last week. Um, while record- Technically, it's this week while we're recording. But as of the time you hear this, it will be last week. And so um, there was only one post. Uh, and it was by me. Basically, it was... Um, the article was titled, hold on, let me pull it up real quick so I can be accurate with this. Um, Batman v Superman has ruined movie trailers for me. I think that's what it was called. I don't know. My computer's being slow, so I can't exactly go to it fast enough. Right now, I'm staring at a picture of Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman staring at me and scrolling down very slowly. <laughs> yeah, Batman v Superman has ruined movie trailers for me. And that's, that's the name of the article I posted. I posted that two days ago. And basically, uh, it's basically about how... Um, post san diego comic-con after seeing these awesome trailers for justice league and warner woman um it's very hard for me to like be excited for the movies themselves because batman v superman was kind of a disappointing movie for me uh and i was really excited after the trailers because trailers looked awesome the trailers kind of looked like what i wanted from batman v superman but after seeing the movie i realized that the story itself kind of ruined the movie for me even though like the characters look cool still i really like the the tone of what it was and what it was trying to be but ultimately like the movie the story itself kind of flopped in my opinion 
um, in terms of story, in terms of like quality of story. And so, yeah, basically the article was kind of diving a little bit into that. Not too deep, but I mean, uh, deep enough if you want to go into the points I made. And so go ahead and check that out on okbeast.com. Uh, next up, uh, we have topic of the day, which did you guys, um, so the topic of the day that we have is what are, what are each of our top 10 games of all time? Did you guys actually like come up with anything? Because we, we've kind of been going for a while and I don't know if you want to save this one for next week. I guess you're not, you guys aren't going to be here next yeah, week. Yeah, I think let's, yeah, let's, let's save it. Cause I, I can't even think of 10 games off the top of my head. Okay, cool. We'll say, we'll save that for next time. Um, Alex, is Alex I want to be on when we alive. talk about that. What was that? I want to be on when okay. we talk about that. Let's do that then. All right, deal. We'll save we'll it. We'll save it for the next time Alex is on. Uh, and now we have viewer questions, and we have a lot of them, and we've been going for a while. And so I'm going to read some of them. I'm going to save the rest for next week. And I'm going to okay. choose these at random. Actually, I like this one. From Hamanshu Tawar. Tawar. Tawar? I've had him on the, I've had him on a podcast before uh back in May called the people and I can never m- remember how to pronounce his last name but um Hamashu asks he's at senior brown cat on Twitter he asks what's our opinion on pervy Japanese games and censorship and I think that'd be a good question for Ian since you live in J- J- mm-hmm. Japan and you seem like you could possibly be kind of pervy you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying? Oh, you, 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 you know, know it. You know I've seen me. Those drawings of me. No. <laughs> so, what do I think about it? Like, in terms of them coming to the U.S. or what uh, do you think? Yeah, in terms of them coming to the U.S. and probably in terms of do they need to be? I assume he's asking like, do you think they should be yeah. changed um, for our, the American culture yeah. and stuff like the that? Content being removed. Ah, um. Hmm. Do I think they should be changed? Yeah, I think so because. Here's the thing. Japan, if you've never been here, is super pervy. Like, there's, like, I've said this before, but there's anime titties everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, you go to, like, a 7-Eleven, and, like, I posted this photo on Twitter before, and I said, this is Japan in a nutshell. And it's a, it's a big thing of Shonen Jump, which is, like, where you get Naruto and DBZ and stuff like that. And yeah. then literally inches from it is a girl, like, a big-breasted, Japanese girl with like her top half off and like this is this is Japan like they don't censor the weird semi nudity stuff in in public Mm -hmm. like you know usually like if you can buy porn it's like and it's a whole other section it's like blocked off it's like literally right next to kids comics in Japan so do I think they should be changed of course because Japanese culture is way different and more sensitive slash less sensitive to things than American audiences are. There's a big uh, hullabaloo, there's a big ruckus when the new Fire Emblem came out because they took away this feature where uh, you could, like, rub the faces of the people in your party in Fire Emblem to, like, become closer with them because they thought that American audiences would think it was too weird. Turns out American some American people were like, what the hell, we want that feature because it's part of the game. But I think that it would have been a little bit too much for for American mm-hmm. audiences. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. I agree with pretty much everything you just said and so i don't want to echo you um fiona oh, all i know oh sorry i'll just say all i know is in eighth grade i was trying so hard to find a sneaky way to ask for a copy of uh dead or alive hey. for christmas oh, and hey. I, I, I never figured the, it out the fighting game or beach volleyball the beach oh, volleyball dude, i remember that game dude 
I remember playing Dude, Soul Cal- Soul Calibur, forget that. Just Ivy. That's oh, all you need. Ivy is so over the top. <laughs> Ivy makes no sense. I'm like, how do you make this a character? Like her specialty is she has no mm. clothes, like I mean she has a whip, but like that even makes it kinda worse. It's so Ivy I love I mean I love using Ivy and I, lo- I-, I love her moveset and all that stuff, but like man and I even like like her design as a character, but like I mean man, like Japan is weird. Hmm. I love Japan, but man, y'all are some weird people sometimes. Uh, yes, we are. If you want to ask two questions, and the reason why is because she, her first question was, uh, what's our favorite Pokemon? And I tweeted back at her because I thought she asked that question before, like last week. Um, then I thought about it, and I was like, maybe she didn't ask that question. I don't know. I cannot remember. Um, I know we definitely answered question questions about Pokemon, but I can't remember whether we did favorite Pokemon or not. And so, um, Ian... Favorite Pokemon? Mm-hmm. My favorite Pokemon? Yeah. My favorite Pokemon is... Wow, this is a hard question. Oh. Uh, probably Squirtle. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But my favorite Pokemon is either Squirtle or Blastoise. Those are probably my two favorite Pokemon. Sweet. Mine are Hitmonlee and Charmeleon. Alex? Hmm. Uh, mine are... So, outs- if I was going to just stick to the starters, it would be Charmander and Charizard. Uh, but outside of the outside of the original three or the original three starters, my favorites are Rapidash and Arcanine. Oh, cool! Yeah, Ooh. Arcanine is dope. That is a really good Pokemon. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite type of Pokemon? I feel like since we already answered the the favorite Pokemon thing before, mm-hmm. what's your favorite type? Because my favorites have always been Water and Steel. Ooh, that mine have always been Fire. I never thought about that. Fire kind of consistently, Fire and Lightning. Mm. Yeah, I have. I have, I feel like I have to sit down and think about this because I don't know if I can answer this right off the bat. Maybe Ghost. Maybe <laughs> Ghost. Ghost seems kind of cool. Um, Ghost. Yeah, Ghost is yeah. awesome, dude. I just go off literally when she asked me my favorite Pokemon. It was only Fire fighting type. Fighting type. So I really. I think I might really like Fighting type, but I think they kind of suck in terms of like viability and like using them in battle and stuff. You know, unless you have like unless you have uh, Hitmonchan. And he has like his fire punch and his ice punch, and his like electric punch. Mm. Then like you can kind of like destroy cats with that. But guys, I need to just sell my my PS Vita go get a 3DS. And I thought about I I almost didn't get a Vita. Dude, I almost got do a, DS, it. a 3DS because they just they had just released the original Pokemon games, and I was like I gotta get those mm. and Earthbound. I think I'm like I'm sitting here like I don't wanna. I know uh, a lot of our friends love the Vita and I love it too, but I'm kind of like. All right, what gaming experiences do I have left on this thing? Mm-hmm. Whereas I could like just sell it, have money right off the bat to go buy Pokemon, and you know, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I- I'm not trying to make any overnight decisions, but it's been on my brain mm-hmm. lately. Sorry, I know that's a tangent, but I mean, you good fan. Uh, Chase Williams asked a very good question um, at Bodacious Chase, and I think we'll actually end on this one. Uh, what's the biggest missed opportunity you've seen a game or developer make? And I'll start. Hmm. I'll start off because I got one off the top of my head. Um, Pokemon Go. I feel like even though it's such a huge success, even though like they killed it, it's as big as any game could possibly be right now. Uh, I think if they put more traditional Pokemon elements into Pokemon Go, it could be the game that literally every Pokemon fan has ever wanted, which is you go around, you fight Pokemon to catch them, you fight other trainers, um, you can trade, you you go. Yeah. 
you can you can do the same gym stuff but make it like i don't know make make there actually be like a training element to it in uh in a growing your a traditional leveling up element to it and strategic element to it like if they if like they can make it just mm. catching pokemon for like the casual people but then for like the hardcore people make it about um leveling up your pokemon and making the ideal move sets and breeding and and making a perfect team of six and like all this stuff like if they did that but still had like the ar ability of pokemon go i think that would that would i'd i'd be living a different life right now i'd be a pokemon trainer i'd, I'd have the outfit i would have a vest <laughs> which if i open the vest you can see eight badges i would have everything um and i would quit my job <laughs> and just go out and catch pokemon all day uh, I feel like that was sort of a missed opportunity, but it also might not be a missed opportunity because this game is still as big as it is, and so maybe if they tampered with that at all, it might not have sold as, or maybe not sold, but might not have have as many active users. Um, but yeah, that's hmm. my answer. Hmm. Let's see. Are you, do you have? I, I have some. If you want me to go, Ian. No, you can go. Go for it. Uh, I would say um, right off the top of my head. Why wouldn't and I, and I know there's all sorts of like um, implications behind this, but um, I'm just wondering like why hasn't Nintendo like why is it taking them till now to realize hey this mobile thing is awesome why why is there not Mar- Mario on it already you know like Mario would be perfect um, on on like like a two button NES controller I mean I feel like virtual controllers on your phone are dumb but like a two button I feel like you get away with that. Um, and have some fun, but I would want like a Mario or like a like like he said like a Pokemon game or a Fire Emblem, which is coming. But I'm like it's taken so long, and also uh, a game that I've been wanting for again to come back for so long, and it makes sense now that like all these like asymmetrical and like team based multiplayer games are very popular right now. Why don't we have another Splinter Cell mm, game? That's a good one. Spies vs Mercenaries is like spoiler alert when we talk about top ten games like Chaos Theory, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. One of my favorite games of all time. Um, I don't know. I would I would kill for for you know a Splinter Cell. He had game. a blacklist. I feel like in a time where multiplayer, like all these people are playing multiplayer games, are that usually don't. It's like I feel like that'd be a, a time to obviously they can't predict that. You know that's kind of like unfair of me to ask, but it's it just seems like you know aren't there like analysts for this very reason that your company has like okay the market <laughs> is trending toward this. Okay, well maybe we'll we'll kind of start heading mm-hmm. that direction, you know, but I don't know. The the whole thing with that is it's yeah. it's Japan as a market and Japan as a business is like very slow on the uptake. It's 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 hard to explain. It's it's more of a cultural and country thing. Like Japan it takes a long time for decisions to be made in this country. Yeah. Both financially and like every other way. <clears throat> so yeah, that my this is my opinion from living here, but I don't know. Um, All so of yeah. mine are like unfair. Like I could ask for like co-op Skyrim, but that's mm-hmm. like probably impossible mm. based on the tech we mm-hmm. had. But you know, mm. my hmm, I would say my biggest missed opportunity thing is probably probably Overwatch. To be honest, mm. why so? And story mode oh, then yeah. like again maybe it's just me but like <clears throat> like just a small like maybe even just like more cinematics maybe um maybe that's like what i'm looking for but just like, it, it seems like it's lacking in that story element um yeah and i feel like that's a big 
big thing. It's hard to think of like objectively things that fell short. I'm sure if you named any game, I could tell you why mm-hmm. it felt short and like what they could do to be better. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think probably the biggest missed opportunity of all time is the uh, Nintendo PlayStation Half Life Three. Wait, what'd you say? Half Life Three. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, how could you miss something that wasn't even thrown? But the Nintendo <laughs> PlayStation, though, I think, hands down, like something that was like about to happen, it's something that because it didn't happen, changed the course of the industry and kind of screwed Nintendo mm-hmm. as a company. Like not immediately, but like kind of right now. Like, what would Nintendo be if they had did the Nintendo PlayStation? You know, like like yeah, they'd probably be killing it. Um, I mean, unless, like, in this alternate universe, like, Microsoft, like, arose and, like, I don't know, like, saw the beast that was the Nintendo PlayStation and make the Xbox Tron and you can enter your Xbox and I don't, who knows, but, yeah, like, if, I mean, (laughs) if, if that happened, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm basically talking about a partnership, uh, during the Super Super Nintendo days where, um, Nintendo was interested in, in disc-based gaming or disc-based products and um, basically went to Sony and, and talked to them about making a deal and and, and uh, basically kind of screwed over Sony at the last uh, at the last point and ended up um, making a deal with CDI, I believe, Philips, um, and making the Philips CDI. Uh, yeah. And that ended up not being that good of a thing. Um yeah, if they ended up going to PlayStation, it could be a different, a very different story. And so I think that might possibly be the biggest missed opportunity. There's probably a lot of stuff that we actually aren't aware of behind the scenes that are probably very huge missed opportunities. Like, who knows? Like, Microsoft maybe almost acquired Nintendo at some point. Who knows? That probably, I mean, that probably didn't happen. Mm, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Anything else? No, I think that's it. And so we're going to end the, we're going to end the show there. Uh, I think it's been a pretty pretty good show. Um, to wrap up, uh, you can find me, uh, Blessing, at Blessing Jr. on Twitter um, or on OKBeast.com, uh, doing my thing, um, being me. Um, you can find me at Blessing Jr. literally anywhere on the internet. And so, um, Ian, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at, at Ian Why Not. You can find me writing articles with Bless at OKBeast.com. And then you can find me with, with Japanese writing, at taiken t-a-i-k-e-n dot c-o dot j-p cool uh and alex where can the people find you uh you can find me on twitter instagram uh if there's a social media that i'm on primarily it's going to be uh at it's van aiken that's i-t-s-v-a-n-a-k-e-n if i'm active on a on a platform you'll find me at that name um you can find me at pixelpulseradio.com where i do a weekly podcast with my stepdad that airs every friday been featured on the front page of itunes before which is cool you know so maybe that might excite you to check it out i don't know um we do articles we do reviews uh not as often as our podcast but i know this upcoming week i've got an article coming for hyper light drifter um a drift got one for a drift coming um and then there's like some an indie game called poly bridge that we're doing some coverage for if that excites you uh so yeah so go to pixelpulseradio.com uh, if you want to listen to like some random music, uh, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Alex Van Aken. Just, you know, listen. Sweet. But yeah, that's where that's all my stuff. Awesome. 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 OK Beast is a brand dedicated to games, culture, and looking at how games fit within our culture. 
the okay beast podcast is a gaming centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world if you like that subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice and visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeast now on twitter thank you for listening go ahead and say bye to the people guys bye to the people guys, guys.